You're listening to the Zinger Nation Power Hour, where we give you the rundown on the hottest trades and stock ideas. For the best experience and most up-to-date information, tune in live on the Benzinga YouTube channel, weekdays at noon. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Zinger Nation jam-packed show today. Peloton of 5%. It's up, Discipline Investor. We got Benzinga CEO Jason Rasnick here with us. The man, the myth, the legend, Tom Nash. Peter Schiff on the Power Hour with us live today. Interesting, different, unique, innovative companies. Mia, you are live with us on the Power Hour. What's up? Thank you so much for inviting me on. Jessica Billingley, that is the CEO of a turnup. The best trade idea resource out there. Yo, what's up, everybody? Happy Monday. Monday morning, we are back at it. Five-day week. We are sick of these four-day weeks. You know, we, we lose a whole day of trading then. Everybody starts thinking about, should I get into crypto trading if the market's going to be closed for three days? Uh, but we are finally back at it. It's a little bit of a dreary day here in Detroit, so I hope that, that you have some sunshine wherever in the world you are. Um, but but big show today. But let me start today off the way that I start every single day, which is to remind you guys why we are spending this time together. Why are we here for these 120 minutes every single day? And it's because we want this to be the best trade idea resource out there. That's what we're going for, guys. We, we want to get the ideas flying. Uh, I'm going to be bringing some ideas. Uh, Jason's going to be bringing some ideas. And most importantly, uh, all of you out there in the chat, that Zinger Nation, if you're watching with us, Say hi, wave in the chat, drop in the tickers you're looking at because you are absolutely a, a part of, of the Trade Idea Fest that we have going here. I see somebody saying it's sunny and 80 degrees in Missouri today. Don't worry. I, I heard a rumor Detroit will be 77 degrees tomorrow, so we'll, we'll have a much brighter background if that's the case. Um, but all right, guys, on the docket for today, uh, starting off in just a couple minutes, a couple minutes from now, Merrick Okamoto. CEO of Marathon Digital, ticker M-A-R-A, one of the hottest stocks of the year, is, is going to be joining here uh, in just a couple minutes. So, so we're going to be talking about that company. If you guys have questions, drop them in the chat. We'll, we'll be checking them out. Uh, so, so make sure you drop those questions in there. Uh, I've, I've got a couple stock ideas to pitch you guys through. Um, I've got a new position that I'm going to be taking in the live portfolio. Uh, so, so that's one. I also entered the swing trade in Trimble last week, ticker TRMB. Uh, stock is gapping today, up another 4%. Uh, so, so we're going to talk about how we're managing around that trade. Basically, in short, I'm going to let the stock ride, but we're going to put some stops. We're going to talk about how exactly we're, we're going to be managing that trade. Uh, we're going to be talking to FDA, F Federal Drug Administration, uh, or sorry, Food and Drug Administration. Uh, you know, all these super volatile stocks. I'm getting into what exactly are the catalysts that cause these stocks to move. How do I keep track of them and, and that sort of thing? Uh, and then, we're of course, we're, we're going to be bringing out a couple guests who, who are going to be bringing some trade ideas as well. So, so that's what we have up on the docket, everybody. Um, so, so stay tuned. And again, if you have stocks that you're looking at today, like I see somebody dropped into Jumaya. Uh, I see an Alibaba in there. If you have stocks that you're looking at today, drop them in. I have the trusty notepad here with me. I have the pen. I don't know if you guys know this, but I always have like six pens on the desk, but sometimes I get excited and they fall out of my hand and they go flying. So, so don't worry. Uh, uh, I, I, I have I have the pen ready. So I'm going to get the Jumaya on there. I'm going to get the Baba on there. Um, and again, if, if you have other stocks you're looking at, let me know and we will get to them. But without further ado, everybody, we, we have our, our first very special guest ready to join us. 
in just a minute here. All right, guys, I'm joined by Merrick Okamoto, CEO, uh, Chairman, Marathon Digital, ticker M-A-R-A. If you guys do not know this stock, you have not been paying attention to the stock market, but it has been one of the hottest stocks around America. I've got to tell you, uh, we, we do this show every single day, and I don't think a day goes by without somebody in the chat asking us to take a look at, at Marathon. So, so thank you so much for joining us today. I, I know you're super busy, so, so we greatly appreciate it. Hey, it's my pleasure. Uh, appreciate being invited. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, and and before we, we we dive into it, if you could just give us an overview of the company, and I know you guys put out a press release today uh, that gave an update on on some of the the machines that you guys received, uh, Bitcoin mining production. Uh, but but if you could just do the the quick overview on the company, what the importance of the update today is, that would be excellent. Certainly. So um, Marathon is one of the uh, original NASDAQ listed companies that is a pure uh, Bitcoin mining company. Um, there's a lot of companies that are uh, joining this industry now. Um, they have a lot of catching up to do with Marathon. Uh, we purchased 103,000 uh, S19 miners from Bitmain. I believe it's the largest order that they've ever had in terms of dollars and number of units. Uh, when all those are installed after they've been delivered from Bitmain, we'll have over 10 exahash of hashing power. Um, that today, uh, where the network is today on the blockchain network, would be almost 7% of the blockchain network. So clearly one of the um, largest Bitcoin mining companies. What we also did, which was quite unique, is we formed a partnership with a utility uh, company and we placed all of our miners adjacent to their power facility. So they leased us 40 acres. We surrounded that with a fence. Uh, we built new substation transformer switches, and we are placing all of our miners adjacent to that facility. So that makes us, uh, you know, we're not buying power from a utility company or from the grid. Um, the rate on that power was 2.8 cents per kilowatt, which I believe is one of the lowest uh, in the Bitcoin mining industry uh, in North America, as well as China. And that allows us to produce Bitcoin that are trading today near $60,000. We make our coins for about 3,500 bucks. Um, we also uh, announced a couple days ago that we're launching our own mining pool in North America, which I believe that's of national security interest uh, to secure the blockchain, as well as the Bitcoins that we mine will be virgin Bitcoins and they will be OFAC compliant with the US Treasury. Uh, we don't know of anyone uh, that has done that yet. And we think that will create demand for our coins that we create from institutions um, who prefer to only buy coins that are following the rules and regulations of the U.S. Treasury. Awesome. And, and Mary, I've got to say, your, your investor deck on your investor relations website is, is probably one, one of my favorite that I've ever seen. So if anybody out there, if you haven't seen it, just go on Google, search uh, Marathon Digital Investor Relations. You'll find the investor deck. And, and one of the reasons why I like it is because it starts right up front and it, and it talks about basically... Uh, revenue growth from 500,000 a month to, to pretty much hundred million a month. Can, can you talk about what goes into that? Is it dependent on when the machines get delivered? Is it dependent on the energy deals? Can you just take us through? I mean, that's crazy explosive revenue growth. Um, sure. so, so the details and are helpful. That's a great question. And thank you. Um, that is all derived from the decision, um, after the halving in May of 2020, um, our board decided that uh, we were going to become very aggressive 
and we remembered what happened in 2017 when Bitcoin went from $100 to $19,000. The machine prices from Bitmain uh, exploded. They went from $500 a machine to almost $9,000 a machine. We expected if Bitcoin had a large rally, that would happen again. The miners would become very difficult to purchase and the prices would go up. So we raised all the capital we could, uh, bought all the miners that Bitmain would sell us. And now as those are deployed, that's the reason for the increase in revenue. As those machines are shipped every month uh, from Bitmain in their Malaysia uh, location, we uh, deploy those miners at our facility in Hardin, Montana. And every day we add miners and every day the number of Bitcoin we produce is going up. And uh, it's just it's just great timing. Um, we really uh, hit it right at the uh, perfect time to become aggressive and buy all those machines. Secondly, um, the low cost that we pay for our power lets us be, we believe, the low cost provider in North America for creating Bitcoin. So uh, it's really timing. That's what's going to generate the revenue. As the machines arrive, we deploy them and we create more Bitcoin every day. Excellent. And, and the next question that I had was was to dive into competitive advantages, right? How, how you guys can comp compare to other miners. Uh, I know that you've already covered part of that with, with the, you talked about the energy deal and, and also all the machines that you guys have ordered. Is there anything else on the competitive advantage side of things that, that we should dig into? Sure. Um, really, I think just being public, uh, being a NASDAQ listed company um, allowed us to have access to raise capital um, many other miners are either A, they're private, or B, they were small bulletin board or microcap companies and did not have access to the capital markets like we did. Um, we, we've been able to raise, you know, if we wanted to raise $500 million today, it would be no problem. Um, so the interest in owning a NASDAQ listed company that is a problem in North that institutional money and uh, gives us the ability to raise capital should we need it. Right now, we have 215 million, 216 million in cash. We also purchased from our treasury $150 million in Bitcoin. When the last decline happened from 42,000 and went down to 28,000, we deployed $150 million, bought 4,800 Bitcoin. Those today, um, just three months later, are worth almost $300 million. So, that gives us about $515 million of liquidity on our balance sheet, and we have no debt. And, and is the plan to sit on all that Bitcoin, uh, or, or is it to slowly sell it off, or what does that look like? We don't plan to sell it. We do plan to hold it and give our investors essentially a NASDAQ listed, uh, almost like an ETF. Um, we don't know the future. Um, if there came a time that we needed some capital for something that our board uh, thought was strategic, um, and, we, and we needed that capital, we could raise some capital from that, or we could raise capital in the capital markets. Um, but our plan right now is to hold all of our Bitcoin uh, that we own currently and all of the Bitcoin that we, uh, that we generate as Virgin Coins. Okay. Uh, and you know, right now it's, it's Bitcoin that you guys mine, it's Bitcoin that we're talking about. Uh, thoughts on expanding to other coins, like, like uh, Ethereum is one that I see thrown out a lot on Twitter or, or anything along those lines. Sure. Um, we've seen a number of our competitors do that. And frankly, I get asked a lot if, you know, why we don't mine Ethereum, why we don't mine some of the other coins. Uh, they certainly um, do generate at these prices substantial profits. Um, but we made a decision to be just a pure Bitcoin miner. And because we did that, uh, more like an ETF, um, if people want to buy Bitcoin instead of opening an account on an exchange and going through the process of the 
anti-money laundering and know your customer rules to get that account opened and then getting money in that account, then not losing your key. Some people feel it's just better to own um, our stock. And if you look at that presentation that you mentioned, Luke, um, you can see times, and I'll just give you a recent example. In the last pullback in Bitcoin, our stock went from $50 down to $24. Bitcoin uh, in five days went up 38%. Our stock went up 80%. So we, we do have a lot of, I believe, institutional money and algorithmic uh, trading institutions that like our stock because of that alpha. And if you're looking for a way to be, if you're a good stock picker and your timing's good, um, if you think Bitcoin is bottomed, you can buy our stock and it's likely that the move that you get in Bitcoin, you'll get a bigger move in our stock. So we see a great deal of volume in our option activity. Uh, the notional value, if you take every option outstanding uh, today times its current closing price, the number you will come up with is astonishing. Uh, it's close to a billion dollars in a notional option value. So deep, deep book in our option trading, as well as excellent liquidity uh, in just the daily trading of our stock on the NASDAQ. Okay. And, and as an aside, Merrick, I've got to say, we do have a lot of chatters commenting about your master shirt. They're big fans. Uh, so, so, so very, yeah. very timely to wear that one. Um, you know, and, and I, I guess get, getting away from, from the stock for just a minute here, what, what is it like to go into some of those Bitcoin mining rooms? Like, like, like is, is it noisy? Are they cold? I've, I've always wondered what it's like to go into some of these, these major production facilities. I've never seen one. You, you know, we've done um, two styles of uh, data centers. Uh, the first one we did, and I think many people did, is when you were looking for power, the way to find it was to lease an old building, 100, 150 years old, 100,000 square feet, that used to manufacture uh, something in the United States that um, now that manufacturing base moved offshore. So you have these large empty buildings, cheap power located nearby. And we did that at first. So we leased a building, uh, we put fans in it, we brought in all the electrical and transformers and switches inside the building, installed racks, and we installed a few thousand miners. And uh, quite shocking to me, uh, I'll admit to you, we turned them on and the fans were so loud and the suction that they created was so strong, the vacuum pressure, that it looked like it was snowing in the room. And what it was doing is it was peeling the paint off the ceiling and the oh walls in this little building. And those were going in our miners. So we figured there had to be a better way. We've been at this a long time. We've hired um, excellent people that, uh, that do our hosting for us. And so now we build our special purpose containers. These containers allow us to control an environment inside of a box uh, that's literally the size of a shipping container. Now we only control the environment in the box instead of trying to control the environment in a giant uh, old building. So what does it sound like? Um, when you walk in that room, it's very, very loud. Uh, these machines scream at a super high RPM. Uh, you have to wear headgear uh, to protect your ears. Um, we try to keep these rooms at a pretty constant uh, 50 to 60 degrees. That's where the miners like to operate. And that's done by using the fans and the ventilation system to move airflow in and out to keep at those temperatures. One of the reasons we chose Hardin, Montana, if you just think about it, it's pretty far north in the United States. So it has a very cool climate and that's been um, excellent. Our miners love it. We're generally, I see a dashboard, I can look at it right now and see how we're operating. And that's we're awesome. at 99.99% of our miners are running and it's because they love that environment that we've built. Okay, great. Um, and, and then can we talk about the pool a little bit? 
Uh, sure. so, so, so you guys put, put out a press release, I, I believe it was maybe a, a week ago or, or a couple of weeks ago, uh, talking, talking about the Bitcoin mining pool. Can, can you dig into that? What advantages that, that presents for you, et cetera? We, we believe that, you know, if you just look at the landscape of the mining pools, most of them in this, uh, that miners are pointing to are all domiciled in China. And if you look at what a Bitcoin mining operation does, we validate transactions on the blockchain and many corporations now are moving their analog paper type systems and they're making them digital and moving them on a blockchain. As they move those onto a blockchain, they need validation for transactions uh, to be proven and validated. And we get paid to do that with our miners. If you try to go it alone and just put all your miners on the network by yourself, you could win some validations and there might be days that you did not. So everybody comes together generally in uh, mining operations and they pool together and choose a mining pool. All the mining pools, uh, for the most part, the largest, say five, are based in China. And it, it's our belief uh, there's two issues with that. One is uh, there's geopolitical risk. Having all of our machines pointed to China in, in a situation where we can't control the internet there, um, what the government may do there, um, we would like to onshore that. And we've talked to many other large enterprise miners and they wanna do the same. They wanna point their miners to a pool in the United States. The second issue and what I think is unique about our pool is if you look at the rules, their OFAC rules from the US Treasury says, you should not do business with these parties. Um, these are known sex traffickers. Uh, these are, uh, you know, maybe Hezbollah or uh, terrorist organizations. And we can see, we take an API from the treasury that shows us the, the wallets, who the end recipient is, and says, it's illegal for you in the U.S. to do business with these parties. So we're a U.S. NASDAQ listed company. We want to follow the law. So we're creating a pool that looks at the process of, that we're going to mine a transaction and we look at the end result who the recipient wallet is if it's on the ofac restricted list we skip it so it doesn't mean uh, that we're censoring uh, that transaction someone else will mine it just we won't marathon will not mine uh, something that the recipient wallet is on a list that the treasury says it's illegal for us to do business with we believe that once we start creating these coins uh, at the beginning of next month and we're going to put them in a separate uh, holding, a uh, separate blockchain for them to be held in. There will be institutions that want to buy that coin that is virgin OFAC uh, compliant to U.S. laws versus versus buying a regular Bitcoin. I think it'll trade at a premium um, over time. And there are institutions that just uh, their bylaws won't allow them to invest in something. And they're waiting to use some of their U.S. Treasury uh, assets until something like this comes along. And if you read or just Google it, numerous articles have been written uh, and number of interviews in the last two or three weeks saying institutions that have not yet joined and purchased Bitcoin, that's the reason why. They're waiting for this clean OFAC uh, type coin to become available and we're gonna provide it to them. Excellent. Uh, and and we, I'm getting a lot of questions in the chat talking about the, the energy, energy relationship. Um, I, I know you mentioned it's, it's not a utility that, that you're partnering with, but it seems like it's, it's a company that actually produces energy. Could, could, could you circle back to that for just a second and, and clarify how exactly that relationship works and you know how that allows you to have, as a competitive advantage, cheaper energy than competitors? Yes. So um, that facility can produce 100 megawatts of power. 
Um, the company that owns that power plant is a private company called Beowulf. And what we did is we're the term uh, for what uh, we're called is we use all the power that facility will create. That makes us what's called a base load user. So the power the facility creates doesn't go through transmission lines and out to um, a utility network and share that power and then have to come back to us. It comes from the power plant literally <clears throat> into the new substation we built and the transformers we purchased and the power goes right into our uh, specially built trailers to power our miners. We've looked at many other facilities uh, throughout the country and most of them you buy from a local utility. That local utility then buys from the grid and that grid buys from a large consortium. So there are a number of parties in your power pricing and you can't control. Uh, some of those change their power rates every year. And we uh, developed a very long-term contract with Beowulf that locked in those energy prices and we don't have the risk of uh, you know, some of the things you saw in Texas where they're buying from a grid and that grid went down and there was an interruption of power. Um, we're buying directly from the power plant, same ground where our machines are located. So I think that gives us a real unique advantage over some of the other um, enterprise Bitcoin miners. Awesome. And Merrick, I, I want to be respectful of your time. I know we just have a couple more minutes here, uh, but can you talk to us about timeline and what's next? You know. You know, timeline either either for machine delivery. You know, what should we be paying attention to as investors out of the company, etc. Um, we we just published as you saw uh, today, and we included in that a timeline showing uh, we're very transparent. Shows when all of our miners are supposed to be shipped. Um, you can track that timeline. We're going to publish that report every month around the first of each new month, and tell you how many we, ins we installed in the previous month, how many coins we made, what our current hash rate is and what we expect to be delivered in the next month. Um, those things are out of our control. There, if there were logistics problems or shipping uh, problems uh, from Malaysia to us, um, then we'll have to deal with that. So far, uh, Bitmain has honored every single thing that they said they would do. They've not only done it, they've delivered them early. And I'll give an example. The March shipment was supposed to be shipped by March 31. They shipped us half the units on March 15th and the balance of the units on March 21st. So they've been a great partner for us. Uh, they make a premium uh, product. The S19 Pro and the S19J are amazing uh, miners. They produce the highest number of hash rate per uh, the amount of electricity that's required to turn those machines on of any other machine. So we see every day somebody puts out a press release, hey, I've got 10,000 machines. Well, do you have 10,000 machines producing 40 terahash or do you have 10,000 machines producing 110 terahash like the ones we bought? So um, we, we really care about buying state-of-the-art equipment. And I think what you'll see from us in the future as our cash flow continues to rise, we will always be adding uh, miners to our fleet and continuing to grow and try to maintain our dominant position as being the largest miner in North America. Awesome. Merrick, thank you so much for taking the time and hopping on with us today. Again, guys, if, if you don't know the stock, it's because you have not been paying attention to the market for long because it has been one of the hot ones, ticker M-A-R-A. -A. Merrick, thanks for hopping on the Power Hour. Sure, appreciate it. Thanks for inviting us. Absolutely. All right, guys, so, so, so that was pretty interesting. And, and you you cannot say that, that, that we don't deliver either. This was a stock that we've been getting asked about over and over and over and over again. I don't think a single day goes by where I don't get asked about, hey, can you look at, at Marathon Digital, M-A-R-A? Uh, and, and so there you go. 
beyond just looking at it, we, we actually got, got the team onto the power hour onto the stream with us. Um, so, so thanks for hanging out guys. And, and I want to break down a couple things that I think were interesting out, out of that interview. Um, so, so, so the, the transition to other coins, you know, that, that, that was an, an interesting answer, right? Uh, the, the, the reason why uh, Marathon is sticking with Bitcoin is because basically then investors can use it sort of as a, a pure play Bitcoin, uh, almost like an ETF what, what was the term that was used. So, so that's something that I think is absolutely interesting. I mean, we've seen all the funds that have flown in, into Grayscale. Grayscale did come out and say that they do want to convert to an ETF whenever they can get approval for that. We, we saw the, the Fidelity ETF filing. So there's absolutely interest there. Um and, and and then I let, let's look at this investor deck too. I, I I wasn't just talking when I'm going to share my screen so you guys can all see how to go ahead and get it. There we go. All right, I, I wasn't just talking when I said this is this is one of my favorite investor decks. Um, so let me go marathon dig. So I'm just going to search marathon digital investor relations on Google. Uh, and let's, where did I find that? You know what? I might have searched investor deck, investor presentation. All right, check, check this out. So, so here we go. Here, here, here's the investor deck that, that we referenced a couple times. Um, and, and this is the slide that I love, right? And we're, we're looking at slide two of 23 on this investor deck. And, and you see right here, the company's putting it right out there potential to grow monthly revenue from 500,000 to 103,000. But by Q1 2022, and, and if we go back and we look at, at the chart on, on this stock, right? It, it's not like, like it's been dormant. I mean, investors have been paying attention to this. The, the company has been having a ton of success, especially as the price of Bitcoin has rallied uh, b- b- because there, it is ab- absolutely tied to that. But again, potential to grow monthly revenue from 500,000 to, to 103 million by Q1 2022. I'm going to drop, go ahead, drop this link in the chat for everybody to check out. There it is. And I see somebody else out there saying somebody in Zinger Nation. Again, if you're here with us, you are a member of Zinger Nation. You, you are part of this thing that we are building together, uh, saying that their investor presentations rock. Um, another crypto play I'll give you, my Voyager Digital. I didn't think I was going to talk about it today, but 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 I will just for a second here. Uh, we should be getting their April, uh, their updated April investor presentation out this week. Uh, they, they've, they've published one every single week we, we, or every single month. For, for the past several months, ever since the stock has been hot. Um, the, the, the April is not out yet. What we'll be looking from there basically is trade activity, right? If we, we you know, if, if you followed us looking at uh, Voyager Digital before, um, it, it's always the, the trade activity that interests us. Um, and, and so that's what we'll be looking at. As soon as we get that uh, investor presentation, you can count on me, Hot Stocks Luke, to dig into that one and, and give you guys some, some some deets there. But again, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this one out to the chat. Uh, if you are a marathon bull, ticker M A R A, throw me the one in the chat. So if you would go long the stock, you're not in it now. Let's say you go long it right here, fifty five dollars a share. Throw me the one. If not, throw me the two. And I'm gonna make another ask. I'm gonna make two more asks to Zinger Nation. First ask: Smash the like, share this stream. I did some negotiating with, with Mr. Jason Rasnick this weekend. I said, Jason, the chat misses you. They want to get you back on the show. He was fed up. He was sick of us last week. Um, so so if we get may- maybe into that, if we get to 1,000, I think he's definitely going to come on. If, if we get into the 800-ish viewers, uh, I, I think it's likely that he'll come on. Uh, and, and then I also want to ask about, the, so, so that's my second ask, right? First ask, 
vote on marathon. I, I want to see where he's at with that. Second ask, like, share the stream. Third ask, and then I'm going to get into some trade ideas, ticker LTNC. So that's Lima Tango November Charlie. Uh, this stock has been so hot recently. I, like, like my Twitter feed has been dominated by people talking about this stock. It went from sub one penny up to eight cents over the past. This is a one-year chart here. Let's look at a one-month chart. So this is the past one month of the stock. It went from about three cents to eight cents. What's the story here? I'm, 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 I, I, I haven't dug into it. I don't know where it's at. I've been hearing people talk about it. So, so what's the story there? And of the chat, we said throw in the one if you are bullish on Mara. Throw in the two if you're bearish. We definitely have way more ones than twos. Uh, so, oh, and I see Jason hopping into the chat. All right. Today might be the day, guys. I don't know. If we, if we get it up to the thousand, thousand viewers, I know he's going to come on. So, so share the stream. Get it out there. And again, if you know what's going on with this ticker LTNC, uh, will you please explain it in the chat for us or maybe even dial in? Producer Rohan, could you throw up the phone number, actually? Because uh, I want to I get somebody on the line who can explain this thing to us. We actually have a pretty sick new graphic I saw in here um, called Phone Us. I haven't played it. Should we play it? Yeah, let's check it out. There we go. All right, I like that graphic. And, and I am getting an echo, producer Rohan. Uh, okay, you're on it. All right, I got the one finger and I got the head nod. That means that he's on it. Um, but all right, so, so he's going to check that out. And guys, if you are just joining us, little preview of, of what we have going on. Uh, I've got two stocks that I want to talk about. I, I got into a swing trade last week, uh, bought it live on this show. So, so we're going to look at the live portfolio and check out what's going on with that one. I also have a new stock to buy. I'm going to pitch a new stock. Um, so, so if you're just hopping on, that's what we have ahead of us. We're also going to do our chat challenge in a minute here. Um, or you know what, Matt? Yeah, we'll do the chat challenge in a minute here. Um, if you're not familiar with our chat challenges, that's where Zinger Nation is going head to head to head to head. We're trying to figure out who is the best stock trader in the chat room. You know, who, who can call out the winning tickers. Um, so, so that's the deal there. All right. That sounds good. And, and uh, yeah, throw, throw that phone number up there too, producer Rohan. But all right, let, let's uh, let's dig into two trades. I'm promising you guys two trades, two hot trades today. The first one I'm going to do, I'm not going to do the new ticker yet. We'll, we'll get to the new ticker in a second here. I'm going to start us off with Trimble, ticker TRMB. That is a new stock that we got into last week. Uh, here is a one-year chart with daily candles. So 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 check this one out. We We absolutely nailed this one. So, so, so we entered this trade on, on the 29th last week, but basically we saw the stock coming right up into some, some previous resistance, right? If, if we're looking at the chart here, we see the stock got rejected once, twice, and then one, two, three times the stock was coming right back up to those levels. Uh, and, and then we also had uh, positive news, right? This stock was added to the brand new Kathy Wood space ETF, A, A, R, K, X. That's the ticker on that one. That, that is the, the, the Kathy Wood Space ETF. Uh, and so basically, the, those were our two catalyst guys. Whenever I get into a trade, I need to have two things, right? I, I need to have some sort of a number behind me, and I also need to have a story, a catalyst behind it. The numbers was, hey, th this stock is trying for, what is that, a sixth time to get over some resistance there. Um, and, th and then the story side of it was that it's added to the Kathy Wood ETF. That should get it more in the media. It should get more people talking about it. That could drive some energy into the stock. So, so that was a thesis that we went with. We, we hit the stock long. 
and check this out all the way from from our average price to 77 dollars uh, right around 77 we're now up to 85 bucks the swing trade again just just in a couple of days there so 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 let's talk about how we're handling and how we're managing this trade whenever i'm in stocks like this and, and i'm going to zoom into to the the two-day chart right so here's a two-day chart Whenever I'm in stocks like this and they are ripping and running, uh, in, instead of just just taking my money off the table right away, uh, I, I I like to see how they play out. You know, it, it, there's there's always a scenario where we could just dump the stock. Um, you know, say say hey, we we've got our ten percent or so. Let, let's take the money and run. I'll take ten percent. I mean, I'll take ten percent in a week all day. I don't know who wouldn't. Um, but 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 I like to be a little bit more strategic about these because if we zoom back out to the one year chart and we look at the daily candles, right? When when we got this initial pop, right, and the stock went from seventy seven to eighty in a couple of days, that that that's like you know a decent move, right? For for a couple of days, you know, may, maybe we bomb out of that stock, we we sell it, um, and take take our money and roll it into the next trade. But, but what I like to do instead is I like to put stops on these. Um, and, and so ba basically what that allows us to do is if the stock continues to run, because it clearly has momentum behind it, you see the stock is at the high of the day right now. Um, get, go ahead and grab that, Rohan, and, and let me keep talking for a second. You, you see that the stock is, is at the, the high of the day right now. It has some energy. It has some momentum behind it. First air horns of the day. Oh, we don't have them. We have somebody on the line. Um but 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 the the reason why I don't just bomb out is it could keep running. We don't know when it's going to stop, right? Like like if you look at a Tesla chart, right? When Tesla had all the energy behind it, and you could have sold Tesla a hundred times and doubled your money, but but instead people let the stock keep running. You see what happens when that when that happens. So so what I'm going to go ahead and do is I'm going to go ahead and set a stop it for this stock, and I'm going to set it right at eighty three bucks. Okay, if the stock drops below eighty three, we see this big gap here where there's not really any trading activity. Who knows? It could crumble back to that 80 level. So, so, so the the worst exit that I'm going to have is is 83 bucks. If the stock continues to run, we see it tick higher tomorrow. Maybe it's at 85, 86 tomorrow. We're just going to continue to move that stop up, and and so it sort of gives us the best of both worlds, right? We we get uh, that upside, and then also we protect ourselves from losing our asses if the stock does pull back. Uh, and producer Rohan, I, I hear you have somebody on the line. Uh, unfortunately, we do not. They uh, they hung up on us. All right, again, guys, the question is ticker LTNC. That's like the one that's been like going so hot, so viral on social. Uh, if, if anybody knows the story behind that one, I want to know what it is. I'm not aware. I'm not in the stock right now. Um, so so that's the deal there. Uh, and I see somebody in the chat saying, why not sell, sell a covered call against the, the Trimble play for, for 90 or 100 bucks? The, the reason why I don't, I don't sell the covered call is because I don't know how long I'm going to be in this name. I would expect to be in this trade for, for the next couple of days. Um, I'm, I'm not expecting to be in it for the next several months or years, right? We, we, we've been selling covered calls on the show against Visa all the time. Um, and, and that's a stock that I've owned for several years, expect to own for several years. And those are the ones that, that, that I love selling covered calls against. And I'm going to throw this question out to the chat, guys. If it would be helpful to do a covered call lesson, drop the one in the chat. If not, if we've already done enough covered calls, we've done them a lot over the past two weeks, go ahead and throw me in the two. But otherwise, you can keep doing live examples of covered calls. I do them myself, so I don't mind taking the time and doing them on the show. Uh, but but that's the question that I have to ask. Um, so so let me know. And Producer Rohan, you have somebody on the lines. Are they going to talk about LTNC? We have someone on the lines. We have Ash ready to talk about LTNC. All right, Ash, what's up, man? Welcome to the Power Hour. Hey, Luke. Yeah, I, I've... I, I agree with you. I think it's starting from Twitter. Um, there's a guy, actually, his name is Stan Trading Man. 
And he's been talking about LTNC for like the last few months almost, back when it was at two cents. So um, Stan Trading Man, I think he's the guy that's got the big community. He's got 100,000 followers. Um, And he's talking directly to... There's another guy named Takeover Joe. And I think Takeover Joe, he's the CEO of LTNC. Um, And basically the last week they just released their new hydrogen drink water. It's like this, it's, it's a, it's a energy drink play. Um, and all of their followers have been like buying it over the weekend. They're like, you know, they're pumping the launch. It's just, it's just rolling out of the factory. I think they're selling 12 packs for 36, $36 or something. So the stock has just been ripping it. Um, but the one thing I will say is I think it was takeover Joe this morning. He posted on his Twitter that the SEC called him. And I don't know if this was a joke or not, but he said that the SEC called and was saying that they want to figure out what's going on because there's been a lot of Twitter activity. But yeah, yeah right now who, I think who, it's who Dan Friedman and Takeover Joe. But Takeover Joe, I want to see that SEC thing. Takeover Joe. I mean, that's a great name. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Look at this. So so this is their product, right? Again, guys, we're, if, you're, if you're just joining us, we're talking about ticker LTNC. Again, I don't know the story. I don't know the stock. The, the thing has been running. Uh, so, so that's why I want to get the clarity here. And Ash was so kind to call in and, and give it to us. Um, so take over Joe. Absolutely. Uh, oh, so, so he is, he's the CEO of LTNC. Yeah. He, he's been tweeting about the launch for like the last few weeks now. And then there's a ton of people on Twitter, mostly Stan. Um, he loves the stock. Like he's been talking about the stock. Like it's his number one play of the year. Like he's been saying this since January that, and okay. he's made the, he, he was the first to make the call. Like, like he's made a, a ton of money off of it. So I think it's, it's, these guys are really pumping it through Twitter. All right. And, and I mean, I, I don't know how well, you know, the company, but do you know if they have revenue or, or anything along those lines? No, I just know they like the stock. Twitter. Okay. All right. No, there we go. That's helpful. And of course, if anybody in the chat, anybody in Zinger Nation, if you're watching the show, you're hanging out with us, you are in fact a member of Zinger Nation. Go ahead, drop those details in the chat for us um, be, be, because we, we want to understand this story. Um, I, I see some people are saying like, well, doesn't all water have hydrogen in it? H2O, it's, you know, so I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's definitely interesting. ShopLTNC.com. Okay, that's a bearish sign for me. Did you know that's their website? Gosh. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know how many people are actually ordering these things. Um, all I know is people are, like, people think this is going to go to a, a dime, is what, like, everyone on Twitter is saying. So I think there's just so much volume pumping into this. Like, a lot of OTC traders are buying into this. There's another one, I think, EENF which is like an oil mining one that they're talking about a lot. So there's just a lot of social arb, like it's, it's a lot of Twitter, but I haven't, I haven't actually tried it. I don't know who's buying these drinks. Yeah. And like, I don't want to be a hater. And again, my disclaimer is that I don't really know anything about the story or the company, but the fact that like, there's like some pumpy shit going on here, right? Like, like their website is not buy the It's buy and then their stock ticker ltnc.com. You, you you got you see the image here right it has the dollar sign and their stock ticker there so so i don't know i hate when companies seem like they're spending more energy on talking about their stock than talking about their product 
right? Like this is a bare ass page to go ahead and buy their product. There's not a ton on here. It seems like it's fine, right? You got some marketing copy describing the product, but the fact that they didn't take like even the energy to put like a header on it. And then you, you got the dude chilling out here with, with the Pfizer. Uh, yeah, that, that's a little bit questionable. So, all right, Ash, I, I appreciate you calling into the power hour, hanging out with us and, and giving us your take on this stock. Thank you. Always appreciate it. Take care, Luke. All right. Take care, man. All right. All right. There we go. That's why I love Zinger Nation, guys. That's what's so cool about this show, right? And, and, and what we spend our energy doing together is, is it's not like I'm just up here talking and being a talking head. I mean, we are seriously in this thing together. And, it, and it's not like two. We're, we're just talking about trades that, that we're not making or anything along those lines. I mean, I show you guys my live brokerage account every single day, whether we're up or down, right? We're having a good day today. But like when we're talking about this, this, this Trimble trade right now, you know, I mean, here's all the stocks that I own. Here's Trimble in the portfolio, right? We have the average price, 7670. Um, I mean, I mean, oh shoot, I wasn't even sharing my screen. All right, let me, let me fix that in a second here. Uh, wait, don't not yet, producer Rohan. You always jump the gun. Um, but but like we're we're actually doing this thing together, right? We're we're trying to find these trades. We we have the chat community that's coming out saying, hey, here are the questions to ask Mara, right? We we had the the CEO of Marathon Digital on just a little bit ago. If you're just joining us, um, and it's not like like I had my list of questions, obviously, right? But but that I see in the chat, okay, people in the chat want to hear more about uh, other coins that they could potentially mine. They, they want to hear more about uh, the, the energy source, right? Competitive advantages. And so we're going ahead and we're asking those. Um, and again, he, here's that Trimble trade, guys, right? Like I said, my average price is 77 bucks. I was even selling myself short. 76.70. You're not going to get that on CNBC. Telling you now, air horns for that one. There it is. Boom. That's what Zinger Nation is about. That is what the power hour is about, guys. So, so let's get after it. Um, let, let's go ahead. Let, let's do our chat challenge for this week. Um, you want to roll the video, producer Rohan? Zinger Nation is going head to head to head to head to head every single week. What is the best performing stock of the week? All right, guys. If you are new to the Power Hour, Welcome to your very first chat challenge. This this is where basically this is like the idea sharing fest. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to spam a link in the chat right now. I'm going to go ahead and pull that sheet up on my screen. This is an open Google spreadsheet. The, the question that we are asking you guys this week is what is the best performing stock of the week going to be? Uh, it is open to all of you for the next five minutes. All right. You have five minutes. To type in what the best performing stock of the week is going to be. Whoever the winner is, you get a ton of Benzinga merchandise. We've got Benzinga t-shirts. We have Benzinga track jackets. We have Benzinga mugs. You, you get it all. All you have to do is say, hey, this is my pick. This is what I think the best performing stock of the week is going to be. Go ahead, scroll down, right? If, if you see somebody typing, don't type where they are. Put in your name, right? Super simple. This column right here, column A, you just go ahead, you type your name in. Column B here, you type in your stock and then hit that subscribe button on the channel because every single day this week, we are be going, we're going to be reviewing what are these best performing stocks, who, who is going to be the winners or the losers. Um, I'm going to go ahead and fill mine in right now. Hot stocks, Luke, I'm going to put in Voyager Digital, VYGVF, okay? The catalyst for that one, 
Uh, and if anybody wants to call in and, and go through their stock pitch, go ahead and do that. Basically, my catalyst for Voyager, we are going to be coming up on that uh, Coinbase IPO. And I expect to get an updated investor deck from the stock at some point this week. It could be today. It could be tomorrow. It could be Wednesday. Some point this week, I think we're going to get an updated investor deck. They are going to put out their new trade metrics for the month of March. I think that they're going to be, it's going to be their strongest quarter yet. I think the stock is going to do almost 60 million of revenue, way above the analyst estimate of about 42 million. So, so that's my pick. And again, guys, if you're putting your guesses in the chat, that's fine. Do that. But then also go ahead, put them on the sheet. You, you have five more minutes. And I see my partner in crime, Drew, our college trader. Get, giving us the beat on on what what the social stocks are, what the Reddit stocks are, what what his generation likes is is on with us. What's up, man? How are you doing, man? I'm doing well myself. All right, all right, all right, all right. So so I'm gonna ask you, chat challenge, best stock of the week. It's open to the the all of Zinger Nation, the whole community out there, guys. You got five more minutes. Uh, we're we're asking you again. Don't type over somebody else. Just keep scrolling down. But, but we're asking you, what is the best performing stock of the week going to be? You're going to get a Benzinga track jacket, Benzinga t-shirt, uh, Benzinga mug, whatever you want, and more. We'll find other shit to send you to. Put them in there. But but all right, Drew, so so the question for you, I just stalled for a minute so you could think. What 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 is your call on stock of the week? Yeah, so I saw you open your portfolio there for a minute. Um, Trimble. Trimble's having a day today, right? So I think I got a guys. Wait, hold on. Let me see this one. And I have a new soundboard, guys. We've just been hammering through the sounds throughout the week. Let, let's try some more. Erectamundo. Hey. All right, that one was all right. Alrighty then. Yes, Trimble has been having a hell of a week, Drew. You did call this one. Uh, and again, guys, if you're just joining us, this is a trade that we put on live on the show last week. Trimble, we're, we're in it like four days now. Basically, the catalyst we saw the stock was, it was nearing some 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 previous resistance. It got added to the Kathy Wood Arc X, uh, and so that's why we went ahead and hit it. It has been a winner. Um, so 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 that's the deal there. But all right, where are you at with this one? Still holding. You know, it's it's a great company, great price point. Great I agree, entry. man. I think it's a good one. How are it's you? Been a hot did you stock. Put down? I put down Voyager Digital. Um, basically, I think that we're going to get their investor deck out this week. This has been like the best trade. Have you seen the, the percentage on this stock? Yeah, it's like some, it's a four digit. <laughs> it's crazy. It's a four digit. VYGR, look at this. The, the percent gain, 5,400% on our Voyager Digital down here. <laughs> I've never had a trade like that. I don't know if I'll ever have a trade like that again. Um, and yes, guys, be careful. This is the Canadian ticker I own. So if you're buying it on the US, you got to buy the OTC version. Um, all right. And Drew, somebody in the chat is saying that if they win the chat challenge, that they, they want a cardboard cutout uh, of my myself and Spencer and Jason. I think that we could make that happen. What do you think? Yeah. All I ask is just ship one my way as well. Oh, look at this. No, they, they, they want a Drew cutout too. There we go. <laughs> Boom. All right, I'll take that all day, baby. Um, all right, guys, if, if you're still filling out the chat challenge, again, this is Zinger Nation going head to head to head to head, uh, trying to figure out what the best performing stock of the week is going to be. You, you've got how much longer, Drew? 30 more seconds? Yeah, I'll give them uh, 30 more seconds here. 
All right, 30 more seconds. And if you're just joining us, let me give you a little bit of a preview as to what's ahead. Uh, I have a new stock pick. I don't own it yet. I'm going to be pitching a stock to you guys. Drew, I, I asked him to come on live with me so he could critique the pitch. I want some live feedback. Of course, all of you in Zinger Nation, we're going to be asking you to vote. Do you like the stock that I'm buying or not? And, and of course, give us a reason. Don't just say it sucks, but but give us the reason on it. Um, so 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 we have a new stock pick coming up. Um, the then after that, uh, we, we've got some guests. Stock Jabber is going to be joining us, bringing some trade ideas. Uh, and and maybe just maybe if we keep this thing above seven hundred, at least get it to eight hundred viewers. Jason Raznick, Mr. Jason Raznick, might might be joining us. Uh, I see somebody in the chat saying, how do you add to this sheet? I'll drop the link in one last time before I go ahead and, and get to this next stock pitch. So there's a link down there. And producer Ron, would it be possible to ask you for a cup of water? I know it's a pain in the ass, but my throat is dying on this Monday. You know, Mondays, I always start a little bit slower. I, I have this folder on my soundboard, Drew. Let's see here. Check this out. I don't know if you can see. There's the soundboard. It says motivation. And so I, I think I need some some Monday motivation. Let's pick this one. A war face. Ah, that's a war face. Now let me see your war face. All right. There like we go. That. All right. There's the war face, guys. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to close the chat challenge. Uh, so, so if you didn't put in your answer yet, you better go darn quick. Just scrolling through some of the answers here. We have some pens, some Teslas, some Maras. AMC back in the cut. Okay, I'll take that in AMC. Um, some genius brands. Okay, some Apple. I think Apple is a really interesting play. I already own a lot of Apple, or I would add more. Um, but but Apple's an interesting one. Ticker SOS, another crypto play there. Voozy. Everybody loves Voozy. Um, so, all right, guys, there it is. And shout out to Matt. First time doing the chat challenge. There we go, Matt. Make sure you hit that <laughs> subscribe button. We do the update every day. We see where everybody stands, right? Are, are they doing better? Are they doing worse, etc.? Um, you know, but but that's the deal there. But all right, Drew, I I think that it's time for for a new stock pick. Are you ready? I'm ready. Ty, all right, Tony Pie Media is coming swinging at you, Luke. I know he's saying that that you might might be a better one than me. But all right, let, 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 let's get this stock picking again. You got to critique me on this one. It's a bo- I, I'm bottom picking. I never bottom pick, but I'm going to bottom pick with this pitch, so let's hit it. You're playing the role of Raz here. If we don't have enough viewership, uh, you know, you, you've got, he's not on, so, so you got to be the one to critique me. No worries. All right, here's a new pick. Ticker EBS, Echo Bravo, Sandy. Emergent Bio Solutions, and yes, I am picking a bottom, guys. I I don't normally pick bottoms, so maybe you have less confidence in this one than others. I see somebody's guessing that it's Fubo. Nope, it's not Fubo. It's Emergent Bio Solutions ticker EBS again. Echo, uh, Bravo, Sandy. So 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 let's talk about the the price action. This is a one year chart that we're looking at with with one day candles, and and let's let's look at the chart and talk about why we are picking this stock in particular. You see that the stock had had a fall from grace here. What happened? Everybody in the world uh, saw that that Johnson and Johnson's vaccine. They had a production mix up. Uh, they had to temporarily pause production of their vaccine. Uh, and and you know, no good. 
right? Number one story in the country for at least a day. Again, Johnson Johnson vaccine production screw up. They, I think that what happened is, is a couple customers got mixed up. Some supplies got mixed up. The, the stock fell off the lid or, or, you know, or emergent biosolutions took the hit from that. They are the manufacturer who made the mistake. Johnson and Johnson put it out there um, that, that emergent biosolutions was the problem. This news came out on Thursday last week. You saw the fall that the stock had. It fell, fell from about 91 all the way down to 80. Today, we, we, we have some, some more continued downside. Um, stock's down another 3.5% today. So, so why am I getting along this stock? I'm going to buy it again in this live portfolio here in just a second. I'm going to start off with a small position. There's two reasons. Whenever I pick a stock, I want to see two things behind me. One, I need to have some sort of a numbers to back me up. You know, if, I, if I'm doing a longer term play, I'm going to dig deep into valuation, earnings, expectations, et cetera. Uh, if it's a swing trade, I'm going to be looking more technically. So that's what I'm doing here. One, I need to have some sort of numbers to back me. Number two, I need to have a catalyst, right? A, a story. Okay. So on the number side of things, you see this stock right here is just sitting at this support level. Check this out. One, two, three lows that, that we got. Way back, let, let, I got to even scroll down. So, so this was back back in November. Uh, the stock stock put in some lows. You see the stock bounced off of that. It's still sitting towards low of the day, but it bounced off of those previous lows uh, earlier today. So, so there's the number side of things. It, it looks like it, it might have some support. The bottom might be in. And then number two, uh, we, we we got news out out of out of emergent this this week this morning actually. Uh, two things, right? One. They, they reaffirmed their 2021 guidance, so that's good. It suggested that the screw-up that they had on the Johnson Johnson vaccine is not going to be material. It's not going to affect their numbers, how much sales they make, uh, how much profit they have, et cetera. Um, and, and then number two, uh, it's on track with respect to it to its COVID-19 uh, uh, contractual commitments, okay? Uh, they, they have some positive comments. So I'll continue to work with Johnson and Johnson. So, so those are the two things, right? So, so I think that this is a little bit of, of like a, a news is coming in. People get freaked out. They get spooked. They sell the stock, but, but the mix up that they made, was it bad? Did they F up? Yes, they absolutely did. But I do not believe that, that it is a, a long-term issue. Again, the company's coming out and saying, it's not going to affect your numbers. You're not going to see it bleed through into earnings. They're saying they can still deliver everything they promised to deliver with regard to the COVID vaccines. We have the stock sitting right at some support right now. And that's why I'm going to try to pick the bottom on this one. Uh, I'm going to hit it long. Again, ticker EBS, Emergent Bio Solutions. Uh, we're going to keep a very close watch on it. If it crashes through this support here and we see the stock start to run, especially on volume, I'm going to bomb out of the position. So we may not be in it for long. Uh, if, if, if we do see it pick up, I want to see the stock get back near this 90 level, that $90 level that it was, that it was at. And so that's why my pick of the day, first stock Monday, Monday morning, Monday afternoon, we're getting into a new one, uh, emergent bio solutions, air horns for that. All right. Throwing it out to the chat. I'm going to about to buy this stock now in the portfolio, but, but throwing it out to the chat guys. Uh, if you like this one, you're in it with me, throw the one. If you do not like this one, throw the two. You don't have to actually get in the stock. I'm not saying anybody should do that. I'm just saying what I'm doing. Uh, but I want to see where Zinger Nation is at with this one. And Drew, while we're getting those ones and those twos, again, one if they like it, twos if they don't, uh, where are you at with this name? Yeah, so I'm not too familiar. You know, I saw some talks in the chat. You know, we I'm not a big biotech guy. I know there's some people that are like, you lost me when you talk about biotech. I kind of used to be like that, um, but I'm definitely doing a better job following biotech here. So I think, you know, it's a really Wait, interesting. Drew, I lost play. my buy button. My buy button's gone in my brokerage. 
Oh, there it is. Okay, I got <laughs> They don't want you to trade anymore. Boom. And we're having a good day today too. You are having we a good we day. We're a day like that on Friday. We all are. But all right. So, so you don't like it because you don't like the space. But keep going. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying I'm I'm adjusting to the space. But you know, one thing I do like is you you're buying you know a bottom, which you don't like to do. But what are you going to do? Buy the top instead? Like I would rather you buy the dip than buy the rip. And you're picking at a really good price point, right? We saw this trade at it in May. Actually, we saw it trade at it you know just two or three months ago as well. So I think it's a decent entry. However, I've heard that you know in the comments. Someone said they've had more issues in the past, right? So if this is a company that consistently has these issues, you know, it's going to be a volatile ride up, but you're, it looks like you're getting it at a really good price level. You're getting some more money coming in, but this is a $4 billion stock. What's 22, $23 billion, I saw that coming their way or whatever. Uh, but the reassuring guidance, and um, I, I think it's still a pretty solid move. I, I'm leaning more towards buy, but I'm not going to pull the trigger myself. All right. All right. I like it. Uh, and, and, and again, guys, uh, we're, we're going to be watching this one closely. Um, because if it falls through the support, which could happen, I mean, really any minute now, uh, you know, we're going to bomb out of it. If not, we're picking it up right at the support. Let's ride this thing back up to 90. So, so that's the move there. And chat is, is very, very mixed on this one. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I see, I see about half the people coming in with ones, Half the people coming in with twos on this name. Again, one, one was bullish, two was bearish. Uh, and so it will remain to be determined. Again, guys, if you are new to the show, whenever we put trades on, we, we look at them in the live portfolio. We update them every day, just like we did on our Trimble today. Starting a small position on this one. If, if we get some of that confirmation of the stock's moving higher, we'll add to the position. Ride the wave, ride the momentum back up. Uh, but there is my move on ticker EBS. And guys, if you're just joining us today, a uh, li little bit of a preview as to what's ahead. We're going to have some very special guests joining us in a minute here. Uh, Mr. Jason Rasnick, we're trying to get him on the show. We did some negotiating this weekend. He said, you know, if, if, if the audience isn't growing, it's not worth me coming on. I said, the, the chat needs you. We, we need to hear the stock ideas. So, so he might be joining us. And, of course, we will have plenty more trade ideas throughout the show. That's what the show is all about, bringing the trade ideas. Um all right, Drewski, uh, you want to hit some tickers from the chat or, or do you want to go over my favorite piece of news that came out over the weekend? Ooh, two great options. I'm going to have to go with tickers from the chat. Sorry, sorry, Luke, I have to put you on pause for a second here, guys. Let's send those tickers. This is one of my favorite parts of coming on. I love looking at new stocks. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. First stock up, uh, we'll do your favorite. <laughs> Out of the chat, Jumaya. At the top of the show, I said, guys, drop in your tickers that you want us to look at today. Now I see them coming, right? I, I, I said up front, give me the stocks. Uh, now, now I see people putting them in. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take a couple more out of there. Uh, but but the first stock that somebody dropped in when we at the top of the show is Jumaya, ticker J-M-I-A. Um, Drew, where are you at with this one? Yeah, they are a misunderstood company in my eyes, right? People are watching the revenue grow, 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 grow. All of a sudden, the CEO, the CEO said, guys, we're going to slow it down a little bit. Spooked everyone. All right. And, you know, they've had some issues. They're not perfect. But I think this is a, a one year chart we're looking at, guys. This has been Sorry. a volatile stock. This is a one year chart we're looking at. Yeah, it's definitely a super volatile stock. You know, I, the first time I bought shares was at $13, right? Went all the way to 70 Absolutely insane thing. I like them for the long run. They're only a $3, 4000000000 billion company right now. I think 
think there's value in that. I think Africa is an insane market. That's a whole different conversation, you know, with, with what China's doing, building ports, building all this infrastructure. I think Africa is a super interesting play. I like where Jamia is at. You know, I tweeted out on my Twitter. Um, I put a limit in at $30. Didn't get there yet. Maybe it's going to rebound here. 36 is not too far from that. All right. All right. I think it's interesting. I mean, looking at the stock technically, it doesn't really tell me a ton. Um, you know, it's sort of tough. I just did it, right? I just picked the bottom. I was going to say it's sort of tough to, to buy a stock uh, on a day where the market is ripping and you've, you've got it like here's the S&P up 1.4%. One, 1. You, you know, you, you've got Jumaya down 4.5% sort of, sort of speaks to it being out of favor a little bit. Um, you know, but but I do like the Africa exposure. Uh, here's something that, that let's let's do this tomorrow. Uh, I, I'm going to do some research on uh, African ETFs um, and stocks. Um, just jotting that down on the trusty notepad now. Boom, it's there. But because I don't have exposure there, I really ought to. There, there's no reason not to. It, it's absolutely been been a, a hot economy in a lot of places. So, all right, we're we're gonna definitely do that one tomorrow. All right, Drew. Ne- next up, Baba. Let's talk about Baba. I, I, I've, I've got some, some thoughts here. Um, Alibaba, if you're not familiar, it, it's the, there's a couple things going on, right? One is that the stock sort of trades as a proxy for, for Chinese stocks in general, right? U.S. listed Chinese stocks, which are, there are a good number of them, like your JD.coms and that sort of thing. Um, and then two, it is a giant e-commerce play in China, the biggest e-commerce play, the biggest e-commerce stock in China. They also are into financial services with their Ant Financial Division. Um, it, the, the, the stock I've been bearish on for, for quite a while now because of all the headline risk, right? I, I have not been a huge fan of Alibaba. Basically, the, the you had a few things happen. They, they pissed off Chinese regulators, so, so their expected IPO of their Ant Financial, it's their financial services division, got canceled. Um, you know, Jack Ma went missing. And, and, and then you had the CEO of Ant Financial resign. A t- not great signs. And again, that's just what's off the top of my head. I'm sure there's other headlines mixed in there. Um, again, when you have a, a mega cap stock like this down on a day where, where the S&P 500, the mega cap index is, is ripping higher. Um, I don't love this. I, I will say this, right? We've got a series of lows in here, right? Back, back this starts on, uh, what is this? January 5th, right around 221. So you've got one, two, three, and then, and then today, maybe making a fourth right there. Um, I'm still on the sidelines with this stock. If I was a little bit more risk-seeking, I would add this to the long-term portfolio um, you know, and, and keep it as a long-run ride. But I am generally more conservative. And the reason why I'm more conservative, I'm not afraid to come out and say it, is because I got spooked. Right? I had a lot of days when we had that market volatility where I wake up and be down 10 grand. Wake up, pre-market down 10 grand, 10 grand, 10 grand. Right, like 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 three or four days in in a two week period, I I couldn't stomach it. Right, it was stressing me out. It was causing me to trade emotionally, and so that's where I, where I eased up a little bit. Right, I, I sold off some stocks. I rotated into to some more stable stocks. Am I still hitting swing trades? Right, like we just did with the the emergent bio solutions. Absolutely yes. But in terms of adding to the long term portfolio right now, um, I, I'm just doing it with with what I deem as like high quality, low risk names. Um, like, like Apple, right. I'm, I think I'm probably going to add to the Apple position at some point this week. So we'll be looking for an entry there. Um, and, and so that's why I'm not in Alibaba. 
I, I do want to throw this one out to the chat, guys. If if you like this stock, you you are in it, you're a fan, throw me the one in the chat. If not, throw me the two. I, I did crowdsource this one out on Twitter as well. Um, I, I threw out a quick little Twitter poll. Let me see if I can find this real quick. Drewski. Well, Luke is looking for that. Yeah. I will say my opinion on the Baba stock. Personally, I like it, right? Look at just two numbers stick out. PE 20, growth revenue 35%, EBITDA margin 45%. These are good numbers that stick out to me, right? Yeah, maybe Ant Financial is not going to IPO right away, but they still own it. They still It's still theirs, you know? It's an insane company that has so much behind it, and they're still killing it on the financial way. I, financial side of things. Yep. And, and so Drew, check this out. So, so this is the, the Twitter survey that I threw out there. Um, I, I asked this on, on March 27th. I said, I'm curious where everyone is at with Alibaba. Of course, this is more like a, like a retail self-directed trader type survey, just like you, myself and all the Zinger nation out there. Again, guys, if you're just joining us, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, share the stream. Let's get it going. Um, but, but 67% of people came out. They said they liked Alibaba. So it was on March 27th. I want to see what the price was then. So March 27th, we were at, okay. So stock was at 231. So, so, so it's down a little bit, right? Uh, uh, what is that? Uh, percent or so. I mean, it's not like a huge move, half a percent since then. Um, but, but down a little bit. Again, I'm just a, a, a little bit risky on it. You know, I see somebody in the chat saying news doesn't last forever. I agree with that. But, but if bad news has been coming for, I mean, let's look at this high, right? The, this gap right here is when that AMP Financial IPO got canceled. So that's October of 2020. So, so you've got November, December, January, February, March. So if bad news has been coming for five months, I'm not going to be the one to say, hey, bad news is up. Stock is ready to get rocking and rolling again. Um, you know, so, so that's, that's my issue there. Again, I'm still hitting swing trades right now. I'm not really adding to the long-term portfolio right now. Uh, so, so that's why I'm hanging out on the sidelines here. And, and Drewski, I, I see that, and somebody in the chat is saying better China stocks than Baba. So let me ask you guys this one: Drop in your favorite Chinese stock right now. There, there, there's a lot of, of Chinese stocks that trade on the U.S. exchanges. Drop in your favorite one. Is it a JD.com? Is it a Tencent? Uh, I, I've actually been in Tencent, Drew. I don't think you know this. Forever, I, I got an IPO allocation on this stock. Let, let me go way back. Um, I got an IPO allocation. It was like in the shitter forever, and I finally turned green on it this year. Um, again, this is one that's just like you throw it in the long-term portfolio. I hang out on it. I look at it. Uh, but, Drew, I see that our next very special guest is ready. Let's bring him on the stream. Let's keep the ideas flowing. Edwin, what's up, man? Welcome to the Power Hour. Hi, Luke. Thanks so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Absolutely. So, so we were just talking about Chinese stocks, right? I was saying the, the Baba, I sort of like the valuation behind it. I don't like the risk behind it. So I'm sitting on the sidelines. I asked the community, I said, what is your favorite stock? A lot of Neo in there, a lot of JD.com in there, some Baidu. Do, do you have any favorite Chinese stock or any opinion on Alibaba by chance? Not, not so much China. I don't focus too much on China, Luke. Um, the stock I'm really excited about is called Autonomo. They're going public through a SPAC, and they're an Israeli car data company. I don't All right, know. give me the ticker. Give me the ticker. Okay, give the me the ticker. Give me some of your background as well. Uh, the ticker is SAII. 
Um, and me, I write the Bear Cave newsletter um, since graduating college last year. I mostly focus on shorts and trying to identify problems at companies, usually by filing a lot of FOIA requests, reading SEC correspondence, that sort of thing. Wait, and you, um, and you got some notoriety for breaking a story, right? Uh, yeah, so so I was early on the Vista stuff. The thing that kind of gave me my name was I was really early on identifying safety problems at Care.com, which was this babysitting right. platform. Right, you were the axe in Care.com. I remember that now. <laughs> exactly, right. Luke. Exactly. So what's the ticker of Care.com? It was CRCM, but then the, these then the Wall Street Journal wrote about them and they fell and got acquired. So they're no longer public. IAC wow. owns them. So wait, CR... CM stock. Yeah. I think Yahoo Finance keeps the historical. Let's see if we can around. see it. Maybe Bloomberg.com. It sort of pains me to go there, but let's see. <laughs> All right. We're not gonna find a Yahoo. chart, but 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 what what did you do to the stock? So what was the stock at? You published your report. Uh it broke open that care.com again, guys. If you don't know care.com, it's like a babysitting website. Sort of like Upwork is for finding like designers and developers and writers. Care.com, you go on the internet, you find a babysitter to trust your kids with. What could go wrong? Clearly, safety could go wrong. So, so like, what what was the price action on the stock? How did you discover that? Um, and I guess we'll we'll start there. And I got a couple other questions for you. So, Luke, uh, on Care.com, babysitting platform supposedly they were vetting their babysitters and they were good on the safety front. I had a friend who was a babysitting on the babysitter on the platform. Who was like, who check it out. It's kind of odd. I saw a lot of lawsuits against the company to check the safety on the platform. I decided to apply as Harvey Weinstein to see if they'd accept me as Harvey Weinstein. They, they say, we'll run a background check. We'll, we'll get back to you in 48 hours. And 48 hours later, I was approved as Harvey Weinstein. And they so said they, they, ran no background background check on me. they ran no background check then. And so I knew it was nonsense. I wrote up a little report. The stock fell from 15 to maybe 14. On uh, your report or did somebody else pick it up or how did that work? No, on my report, the fly wrote a little note on it. But then the company started pushing back. They called Stanford, my college. They sent a private investigator to my house. All this crazy stuff. And then I emailed literally hundreds of reporters about it. And the Wall Street Journal ended up writing a big story on them. The CEO, CFO, and general counsel all resigned. And the stock ended up falling around 10 where it got acquired by IAC. So, okay, wait, wait. So, so the stock was at what and then it got to 10? It, so it was at 15 when I first wrote about it. It went all the way up to 25 a year later. Then the Wall Street Journal wrote about it, which is when everything came down and fell from 25 to about 10. Um, and the, Wait, and so, that so you're a college kid. You you basically fight. You're you're like a stock market addict, just like I was in college. And Drew, Drew Drew's a resident college trader. He's a he's a stock market addict in college. Uh, you, you basically, you, you were in college, you applied to be a babysitter as Harvey Weinstein to, to call BS on the company's background checks. You got approved as Harvey Weinstein to go ahead and babysit children. I don't think anybody wants any part of that. <laughs> um, right. Uh, and, and then they sent a private investigator like to your dorms or how did that work? So Luke, they, they sent it to my parents' house. So I got a phone call from my dad being like, Hey, a private investigator with a body cam was just knocking on our door asking about you. Do you know what this is all about? And he's mentioning care.com. And I'm like, oh, I think I know what this is about. All right. And, and Edwin, hold on for a second. I got to put you on pause. I've got to hit the air horns. Oh, shit. Back from the dead. We, we Jason, I told the chat that, that you were dissatisfied with the likes, the viewer counts. You were done. You were leaving it to Drew and I. And, and, and you're making your glorious return. You said enough is enough. I got to come back. 
take the reins of that thing. Boom. Because I came back from the dead because I was ready to take on Gordon Johnson today. Gordon Johnson, Mr. Tesla hater. Oh, what about all those deliveries? I don't know, Mr. Gordon Johnson. Uh, I hope you shorted a lot more at 600 because you're hurting today. Yeah, welcome back. Boom. Jason Rasnick is here. Luke, I like everything about you, but your background, there's something going on. Is it too zoomed in? It looks like there's a building behind you. Did something change like with, it, with your view? I see some cars, but I, I used to be able to see more cars. And the view, like, I don't know. I don't know. I used to be able to see more cars. I want to see more cars, you know? I think you have the couch. I think that's the problem. Yeah. Oh, that's what it is. The couch has been killing me today. Right, hold on. Hold okay. on. Stay there. Stay there. And oh, Edwin, how am I? Edwin, wait, hold by on. The way, okay. I want to know, am I looking tan? Because last week, <laughs> a week and a half ago, this guy in the thing, Snack Crackle Pop, he told me I was looking too pale. I needed some color. So I went to Puerto Rico. To find Benzinga's new headquarters, and I found some places. I'll show you some places. Also, um, maybe this guy, you guys know him. I, I feel like I'm interrupting. There was something that was going on with the FBI coming to your house, but um, let me just do one thing before we talk about the FBI coming to your house. Um, do you guys know who this guy is? Jason Rasnick. Yeah, who's the guy next to me, though? <laughs> who's the guy next to me? Come on. Peter Schiff? Who said that? I did. Yeah. Of course he's in Puerto Rico. <laughs> I went, oh, he's been there since 2017. He's been there since 2017. Do you want to see? Does he know, his, then he doesn't yeah, have I mean, as much taxes and all of his Bitcoin appreciation, right? <laughs> Not his no, Bitcoin he, appreciation. <laughs> that's, that's, that's his son. That's his son that has the Bitcoin appreciation. He's Whoa, look at that house, Luke. This is our future house, Luke. Get Boom. ready, buddy. Boom, right, boom, 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 boom. Spencer Israel, take that. Okay? Spencer Israel's a vendetta against me and Luke. I don't know what it is, but um, he does. But, hey, I'm interrupting. Luke, I know you have to go because it's that time of the month for you. So, um, you know. And we've got a, a record on the chat challenge. we got got 100 zingers in the spreadsheet picking their stock. I just locked it. Thank, oh, thank yeah. If we that. make this move to Puerto Rico, I'm inviting you guys all down. Expense paid trip. I'm going to rent a plane. It's going to come from New York, and I'm going to fly everyone down in, from the Zinger Nation. Not everyone. It'll be the first 150 people to come. You know, We're going to make that thing. My wife, we got to convince her, but she did see the light when we were there. She saw the light. I have a call at 215 with the best attorney in Puerto Rico. We're going to see what we can make happen. Um, I'm going to have an investment thing every year. Kathy Wood's going to be the headline speaker. We're going to do it. What's wrong with my hair? What's wrong with my hair? What do I do with my hair? You're it's beautiful. Gray. Yeah. Why is this guy saying the hair? Oh, he must be talking to, he must be talking to dyslexic invest because he just got out of bed. Um, <laughs> so um, anyway, Luke, where were you guys at? All right. So, 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 so Edwin here was the ax and care.com. He's the one that, that crashed the stock. Wow. He sent private investigators to his house. He did it all while he was in college at Stanford. Um, and eventually the, the share price tumbled all the way down to $10 per share, uh, and, and, uh, got acquired by IAC. The way that he did it was he, he basically, uh, said that, Hey, their background checks that they're running for safety of babysitters is BS. He applied as Harvey Weinstein. He got approved to then go babysit children, customers <laughs> on the platform. Uh, and yeah, that, that, that'll do it. I, I think that's enough. <laughs> but Edwin, you, you were, you were just about to, to give us another stock. 
Um, talk, <laughs> give us the ticker one more time. Somebody in the chat, somebody in Zinger Nation, drop the ticker in the chat. Help your fellow Zingers out. And of course, Luke, give Evan there, feedback and tell us how you like it. There's two. There's going to be two that are both related. I Boom. really like Autonomo. The ticker is S-A-I-I. It's going public through a SPAC. The merger hasn't happened, but it should close this month. S-A-I-I. And then on the other side, I think a good potential short is Root Insurance. The ticker is R-O-O-T. Come on, Aaron Bree. Come on, do something. Show Benzinga Pro. Show Root. Show something. Let's go. My arms are moving around. I can't keep doing this. <laughs> So, so, so I'll, I'll tell, I'll talk a little bit about Autonomo because they're a new business and people, they were founded in 2015, Israeli car data startup, roughly 150 engineers. And what they do is new cars being built today generate tremendous amount of data. All cars do. The speed you drive, how much gas is in the gas tank, you're turning, what hours you drive, how fast you brake, the rear view cameras, the side view cameras, all this data. And historically, cars didn't do much with it. They generate it and then it gets discarded. It's not stored, it's not uploaded anywhere. Now newer cars are being built with the ability to like save and upload this data to the cloud. So you, you've got like tens of millions of cars on the road today and new cars being built every day. They're generating tremendous amounts of data. And there's going to be a lot of uses for this data. And that's where Autonomo comes in. Autonomo is a little bit like a data broker. It doesn't buy data. It doesn't develop end uses for the data, but it just manages the data. And that's important because for cars, there's a lot of good, there's going to be a lot of data compliance issues. Every state in the U.S. is going to have different regulations about data. If a car drives across state lines, you're going to need to treat data differently depending on which state it's in. Each Europe, Europe has strict rules with GDPR. Um, and what Autonomo is going to do is uh, there's going to be a lot of companies like insurance companies. They'll want car data on individual customers to help price insurance because you can imagine it's super, super, super helpful for insurance companies to say, hey, is this person a good driver or is this person a bad driver? If you share your car data with us, we'll give you a $20 a month discount on your car insurance. That's one like potential use for this car data. And there's going to be a lot more. So with Autonomo, uh, Avis Budget Group is both a customer and an investor in Autonomo um, because there could be a lot of uses for uh, companies that have a lot of cars and fleets. Because if you're using this data, it could be helpful helpful to predict maintenance in the issues in the future or just see which cars are being driven in abnormal amount or in an abnormal way or in abnormal conditions. So you need to look at it. So that's another use. Usage-based insurance is going to be the big initial one, fleet management. And then there's going to be a lot of quirky uses for car data that aren't immediately obvious to people. One that somebody mentioned is financial services and credit cards. There's a problem in the United States where low credit score individuals are like wrongly denied credit because banks don't trust them and banks can't differentiate a trustworthy low credit person to an untrustworthy low credit person. In theory, if you share your car data, banks might be able to underwrite this risk a little better because presumably somebody who doesn't speed and drives at normal hours is going to be a more credit worthy person than someone who's speeding all the time, braking erratically, driving at 2 a.m. and doing kind of quirky things. 
So there's going to be a ton of use for this car data. But because it's such a new and weird industry, uh, I don't think people have fully recognized that. And, and that's why I think this SPAC has a lot of potential, even though it's like at the beginning stages of revenue and it's only five years old. I, I think this is going to be a huge industry and they have a decent chance of being the one to kind of dominate it and become a marketplace for car data. Awesome. So have you done any research on the SPAC deal itself, right? How much cash is coming into this company? Is there any talks of a pipe? Um, it's really close to the IPO price, right? I buy a lot of SPACs. I like to buy when it's $10, when it's $11, when it's 12, maybe it starts pushing it a little bit for me. So it's a great entry that you're getting here. Props to you for finding this one. I know there's a lot of SPACs out there. Uh, have you looked at the deal or anything like that? Yeah, Drew. So in addition to the SPAC, there's going to be a concurrent pipe. Um, and in total, the company's selling about 30% of their equity for about $400 million. So they're going to have about $400 million of cash when this closes, which the CEO has said is going to be more than enough for the next five years to run their operation and to build out their marketplace. Um, so they're going to have a ton of cash. Uh, you know, one thing that's a little reassuring is you don't want to make your decisions based on who else is investing in it, but it, but it could be a little bit of a stamp of approval. In the pipe, you have Senvest, you have Dell, you have Fidelity. Um, uh, you do have some um, big names who have invested in this company. Uh, Bessemer Venture Partners, uh, you know, Class IV VC firm invested in every venture capital round for the company. So, so it's not one of these SPACs, I think, where it's a complete joke. It, it, you know, the projections might be big, they might hit the numbers, they might exaggerate things a little, but it definitely seems like a real company with real potential. The other competitor in this space, Wejo is also trying to build a car data marketplace platform. They're going public through SPAC at a $2 billion valuation. The difference between Autonomo and Wejo is Autonomo is truly neutral. It, you know, it has, it, it's, they disclose they have 16 different OEM agreements, agreements with car manufacturers. Um, uh, Wejo has three. And they're very close with General Motors. They have a seven-year deal with General Motors. General Motors has a 35% stake in them. General Motors controls two of the board members. Uh, and for that reason, some car people think Wejo is going to be seen as this conflicted entity where they'll do a lot of business with General Motors, but other car companies won't be as excited to do business with them because they're almost working with the competitor. It's almost too GM aligned, where Autonomo is truly neutral. The other thing, uh, Drew, that I like about Autonomo is I really like the CEO, Ben Volkow. He previously built a business in Israel called Traffic Systems that he sold for um, about $150 million. Um, and from his interviews, it really seems like he's somebody more focused on building a business and you know making Autonomo strong rather than just somebody trying to pump and sell a stock, which, which I really like. Um, because you have too much of that in the SPAC market where people are just trying to like dump as much stock as possible, where this guy really seems like he's passionate about the business. Um, so Ben Volkow is tier A CEO, in my opinion. And, and, and now on the other side, you've got root insurance, too. Mm -hmm. Well, you don't like root insurance, but Edwin, do yeah. we do much with you right now? Sorry? Do we do much with you? Like, do we do this? Oh, no. Oh, no. The Wi-Fi is not too well for Jason. I think what he was asking oh, yeah. back here, I think he was just wondering where we were at with this uh, 
whole talk. If there's any more tickers you want to talk about, anything more you want to look at. So in addition to Autonomo, uh, so so just to clarify one last point on Autonomo because it's relevant for root insurance, which I think could I'm be bad. He's bad. Short. Um, Jason, we're going to talk about the future of car insurance now. Because I, I, don't know, think- I know. I know you don't like root insurance because they're overpriced. They're, they have better tech data, but you're, there's better ways to do the per mile like Tesla's going to do for insurance and other companies are going to do. Root, root in your mind is overpriced. What is, the, what is the 30 seconds why it is overpriced? Okay. Root's whole thing is download our app. Hold it on our phone. We'll track you for two weeks and we can track the phone movement to determine whether or not you're a good driver, depending on your braking speed, your turning, the hours you drive, whether you use your phone when you drive. That's going to be obsolete in five to 10 years because in the future, insurance companies are going to get this data directly from the car. No need to get a phone acting as a proxy in a car, tracking where the car moves. You're going to be able to get the data directly from the car itself. The way it'll probably work is there are going to be apps in a car where you can say, share my car data with Allstate or Geico or whichever insurance company, and they'll get that data directly from the car to the insurance company. Perfect data on how the car is driving. The phone as a proxy for the car data won't be as good as the car data itself. Oh, and by the way, Root is just a terribly unprofitable business that's not popular with customers. I just do not see the future for it. I've talked to a lot of people. No one I know sees the future for it. Citron seems to like it because it's heavily shorted, but maybe it's heavily shorted because it's actually a bad business. Got it. I mean, that's that's what I'm hearing. Um, but I, I didn't make a position in it. And so how confident are you on a one to 10 level that root is a bad business and a good short? How confident uh, on a one to 10 level? I'm an eight that it'll be lower in five years. Uh, so, but, but the thing is, the one thing I want to warn is it does have a heavy short interest with these. You don't know. It could, it could go up 200% over the next six months. That's not what I'm good at predicting. I'm much better at saying, I've seen the future, Jason, and it's not positive for Root based on what I've seen. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, re- I'm more confident that Root will suffer than that Autonomous will be successful. I really I don't got, see it for Root. I, I like how you say it. You should take some of my stock picks because there are certain stock picks that I give a nine probability. And I even say, listen, if you don't do what I'm doing here, you're just dumb. And it's a rude thing to say. But I mean, I had, uh, oh God. I had the CEO of Voyager on at 30 cents. The stock is at $29 today. That's just like one of them. But like the other ones that I like go crazy about is like Spirit Airlines. It was down 30%. Another one I go crazy about is Leslie's. Leslie's only up 9% since I gave it. And I'm saying not only because there's some stocks up 40%, but Leslie's at $25. If Leslie is not at $30 by August, then you know what? I am going to... I don't know. I'm going to go climb the Sears Tower and I'm going to be on TV for saying the market is rigged because Leslie is going to be at $30. It just is because there's way more pools. There's way more of that. Analysts don't know how to forecast. I'm telling you, I did this with Upwork. I did this with Tesla. I'm going to do it again with some of these other picks. And that's just what happens. I'm not saying go buy Voyager today. Don't get me wrong on that. I'm not saying that. But there's a lot of things like that. I like what you're saying on Root. I like what you're saying on Autonomy. Like there's both of those. Oh, Spirit, S-P-R-T. I'm talking about Spirit Airlines Save, not Spirit Aerosystems, but I used to own that too. Um, you know, and the short interest is scary. I agree. I just, I, I like how you think, man. So you went you went to uh, Stanford? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and I graduated last year. And since then, I've been writing the Bear Cave newsletter full time. Oh, you're the guy that reached out to me. Yeah, Jason, we've talked a little on Twitter. I've been on here before. You remember me. Not fully, um, <laughs> but but mostly. Um, there's a lot of people email. I mean, I'll show you my inbox if you, we can. I'll I'll I, I'll show it all. But uh, no, I like. I, you're right, Edwin. You're. I like having you on. I like it. Now, do they cover your research when it comes out? Menzinga, yeah, you guys have been writing some good stuff. Are you, you right, well, if, they, if they're not, then tell me. And then if you want to join up with us and be like a little bit of an editorial director on the short side and give more of these stories and become more involved with us, I'm for it. Um, I'd love we, to be more. We, we, I'm not joking. Let me just give you an example. We, we started cannabis content, okay? There's a guy, Javier, who was writing for us with our main vertical. And we're like, why don't we do cannabis? So then he started doing cannabis. But then we had some, when we had some conflicts. Our editors of the main feed, like, hey, we need to. So then we said, you know what? We're spinning this out. Cannabis is of one vertical. Now our cannabis content vertical has nine writers. Javier is a managing director. This happened two years ago. Not only is he the managing director of the cannabis on Benzinga, we launched Cannabis Italia or Benzinga Italia. Then we launched another site. I forget the name of it. It already has 50,000 or 100,000 weekly uniques. Um, so 400,000. It's uh, I forget the name of it. I don't know how I forget the name of it because we're a big owner of it. But yes, I forget the name. And that was Javier. It was Javier, this initiative, because at Benzinga, anyone can do amazing stuff. Luke Jacoby, who hosted the show, he started as an unpaid intern in 2010. This is when interns can be unpaid. He wanted a job. He like saw us that we're in the stock market. Luke Jacoby makes very good income. Money files doesn't leave. I see a guy like you, Edwin Dorsey. It's not that I just like, you know, your ideas and your stocks are maybe good. But what I like is you're a doer. You went to Stanford, you know, and I, I get it. Your dad bought a wing of Stanford. I get it, you know, but at least you were at least you were nimble to have your dad buy a wing of Stanford. You know, that was nimble. That was that was great. You know, so um, love it, Edwin. But I'm joking. Your dad didn't do that. I'm just joking. I forgot I'm on video and people might think I'm being serious. I'm not. I'm messing around. But. If you did want to like do part time, like 10, 20 hours and build up another vertical of content for Benzinga, I don't know exactly what that is. It's hard to say, oh, we're going to do shorts. You know, it's more like an industry. I'm yeah. all for it. And money files doesn't lead. I don't want to see some long resume and this stuff. I like doers. If someone wants to work at Benzinga, they literally send three things they can do or they start doing it. I got two people that reached out to me on Friday and saying, our YouTube, our YouTube is whatever. Okay, then they can do YouTube way better. I'm like, great, you're hired. We'll I'll I'll start you at $120,000 base, and if you hit these metrics, you'll make 160 in your first year. And the person's like, great, but there's a that's awesome. He would join right away. But there was one caveat. I said, how do I know you can do our YouTube much better? Show me your YouTube. Show me what you've done. Oh, he didn't have that. He just has ideas that he thinks he can do better. That doesn't ideas are great. I love ideas, but it's all execution. So if I didn't see him do it in the past, what is all of a sudden this guy's gonna be on the sideline? Oh, I can do it way better. I'm gonna go do it. It's hard for me to take that from zero to that. Listen, some people need the opportunity, and I get it. Um, it you know, but that's I got confused because he said Internet of Forces got a job at Benzinga. No, he didn't get a job at Benzinga. But uh, so that's my that's my that's my take, Edwin. We're looking for the best of the best that wants to conquer the world. Our company has gone to about 110 people, but so much room for growth. I, you know, I was in, in Puerto Rico. I had a meeting with two different billionaires 
who like want to put up so much money in the business. But I, I just, we just need more sweet people like yourself. That's, that's what it's going to take. Absolutely, Jason. Um, and I'd love to talk to you about this. Um, yep. I, I'm My a big Benzinga fan. I think you got a lot of potential. I uh, think you don't have to do any of that, dude. I was just saying it. You don't have to say that. You you, you don't have to say all this nice stuff about Benzinga. I I would rather hear negative stuff about Benzinga, not no, good you, stuff. Jason, what you should do? Have you thought about launching like paid email newsletters? That's the. I think that's the future we, for Benzinga. We did, Edwin. We did. You did. And how's yeah. it going? It was a $0 business like four months ago. We do like 600000 a month now. More paid newsletters. Have one for each vertical. That's how you'll make tens of Edwin, millions. Edwin, I launched, we launched one in April or March. In the first month, it did 120000 That's more than the Bear Cave did in its first month. But, but I t like look at Substack. I know all the Substack authors. There's people earning like close to a million dollars a year, 700 grand in the finance vertical with their sub stocks, just solo operations. I There's know, but, but Edwin, 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 sub stack is late to the game, man. I know they raise money, but I was doing this in my sleep. Let me show you that, Edwin. Come on, come on. You got to wake up pretty early to get one on me. Yes. They, I they had someone to go run sub stack. I didn't have someone to go run this business. There's, so, there's only so money, but this is business that we have here that's sitting on the sideline is a $100 million a year business, but I have no one to run it because, the, you know, it's scrappy people. This is our platform. Here, I'll show you, buddy. Oh, my God. I got to show them everything. Okay, you see this right here? Yes. This is called Marketify. We power these products. This is, this is Substack on steroids. There's chat rooms. There's And you're going to say, oh, what's different than Discord? Oh, you'll see what's different than Discord. Okay, I'll show you in a second, guys. Um, so here's this portfolio. Here's every single trade. This is all real, but how about this? How about this, Mr. Uh, Edwin, look at how many real reviews there are on this thing. So I see two, I mean, they make this light gray, so it's impossible to read. If, if I keep seeing light gray, right, right. And any of you guys, if you email me and don't reply all just, I'm not, I'm not responding. Okay. So look at this feedback, 2000. 2,000 whatever, 124 feedback items, okay? This is this powers it. Now let's go into the product. Um, you know, um, yeah, you can't just, um, you can't be just emailing Neil, um, what, you know, what, our friend, what's his name? Okay, wait, don't leave me yet, guys. I'm, I'm getting somewhere. I get lost when I have to go see the chat by Internet Enforcer. Internet Enforcer is my uh, consigliere. Um, where do I go? 420 investor. I swear I'm in it. What the heck? Portfolio. What am I doing wrong? Log in. I didn't log in. All right. Dummy. There we go. Now I'm logging in. Okay. So now I go to product. All right. So here mm -hmm. we go. Hold on. Um, you know, um, yes. How do I do the picture and picture thing? Internet enforcer. Everyone reads solar ups thing. I want that. I want to do that. Okay, I want to do that. Someone can help me do the picture and picture. So this is Alan's product that we power. So Alan sent out alert. He's the best cannabis investor in the world, 420investor.com. Check it out. I'm adding to this position. He sends out a thing. All right, let's go, let's let's scroll back a little bit. So um, it's like a Facebook feed, but really it's just him saying stuff. So this is um, you know, so he sent, you know, so this is over the weekend thing, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go to la a last week item. Um he writes these put Okay, so here we go. 
I will be sticking to my publishing schedule. It's Good Friday, 12 comments. People can comment underneath. Here's the platform, okay? So then you see all this stuff? This is our platform. Now, if you want to go into the forms, which are freaking amazing, if you want to get color on stocks um, and not have all the noise of like the markets that are bullshit, oh, it won't open up the form window because it's another tab. So forget that. I won't show it to you. Then, um, but like here you can you can review sales data you know what i mean like all that stuff so amazing back end and it's it's all there you can't see it all but that's we were doing substack before substack i just never found the person to run this business the right way so yeah substack got more got more uh got the word out a little more but one oh we have a guest in one second i'm gonna put uh we're one minute behind but one second i want to show one more thing before the guest comes on all right don't go away uh edwin and so behind a paywall there's this whole like discussion categories like where you can get you know color on these stocks without a huge uh without noise from people like pumping the stocks so here's you're going to get all the quality content on and chronos and these these different stocks so that's 420investor.com we're the back end for it that's what i wanted to show you edwin those are little like businesses right on the side that people you know start running and they become like a a real seven digit, 10, eight digit business here. Very cool. No, that's pretty cool, Jason. You were Substack before Substack. Yeah, um, but, but you can only execute on so many things as you know. And so if I find the right people and you know, who want to take on those things, let's go for it. But uh, yeah, so stay in touch. You have my number. Thank you for those, the, 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 the uh, information. And I think you talked about root. And then what's the symbol of the, la of the second one? S-A-I-I, -I, Software Acquisition Corp, going public with Autonomo. And you don't like it or you like it? I love it. You love I it. own so it too, full disclosure. I, I was going to ask you, did you buy it? I, I did buy it. And I own the warrants too. Yep. It's, so it's already out there to trade. Okay. I want. I have a new trading strategy for SPACs. I'm going to discuss it tomorrow. I'm doing, I'm trading, I'm going to trade like 50 SPACs. I have a new trading strategy I learned in Puerto Rico that I'm going to employ starting tomorrow on a public account. All right. We have our next guest, Edwin. So we'll talk to you later. Have a bye. nice day. Hope you had a good Easter. Merry Christmas. And bye, all Drew. That. Bye, Jason. Take bye, care. Bye. Okay. Now, before we bring on our next guest, uh, Drew, um, you know, it's stuff that everyone should take care of and do. Um, it's important in life. Without this, you're really just hurting the people you leave behind. So before we do that, let me bring on my little – Think I do. Boom, 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 boom. All right, Cody, it's Jason hey. Rasnick. What's up, Jason? What's up, Drew? How are you? Uh, yeah, Drew. Uh, Drew, you should change your uh, name up there to your name. All right. It's so different. Yeah, it's too many things to remember. It's so hard to remember even our own names. And now you have two names for us to remember. I'm just saying. Like, I want to make it easy on Cody. Just likes to invest. I'll go by that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, okay, fine. Hey, Cody, how are you, man? I'm doing well. Happy Monday. Happy April. How are you guys doing? Doing Pretty well. good. Where are you based out of? San Diego, California. It is beautiful outside. Ah, I think I'm coming there in like two and a half weeks. I'm surprising yeah. my I'm surprising my 11 year old on a trip to see your friend who just moved there. All right, is your 11 year old watching this right now? Or they, did you spoil no. the surprise? No, <laughs> no, she's not. I don't think unless she's in my mom's house watching it. Yeah, but, um, 
She's not, I don't think she is. Sometimes she is, but if she is, she'll she'll write something. Good. Well, enjoy the trip out. Everything's starting to open up again. It's beautiful out. Good. Lots of good restaurants. You'll be you'll be in good hands out here. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So tell us about your company, Trust and Well. Yeah. So started, uh, I've been an entrepreneur for the last decade. I've started three companies, two venture backed businesses and got into estate planning kind of by accident. I got married three years ago. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. You can't <laughs> just skip over all that. You started three companies, yeah. two venture backed. What were the results of each one of those? Uh, first one failed. Uh, first startup out of college doing, it was a company called Niche, kind of like Pokemon Go for content. You'd go with your friends to bars, restaurants, music festivals to unlock the content. And using geofencing was kind of the thesis. It was a new technology at the time, 20, 2011, 2012. Um, but, you know, young young entrepreneur, my co-founder and I didn't know what we were doing. And we should have moved to the Bay Area, I think is the regret. I, I didn't stay in San Diego for that company. Or we stayed in San Diego for the company. We didn't relocate. And we had a really hard time pitching angel investors who just didn't understand social media at all at the time. And I think it would have been a night and day's difference up in the Bay, at least for the concept itself. So spent about a year and a half, a lot of savings invested in that. But it was a good learning experience. And in that transition to my second company, I needed a job. So I went and worked at a restaurant, ended up being an incredible restaurant, part of one of the largest restaurant groups in the country. And I found this same problem in my own job seeking that they were taking paper resumes and posting on Craigslist. And I'm like, you guys are one of the largest restaurant groups on the planet, not just in the US. How do you take walk-ins? And I saw so much turnover happen in the first two months. We hired 160 people. We were filling 40 open positions a few months later. And I was like, so much time spent and wasted on this inefficient process. Why isn't there a professional network like a LinkedIn for hospitality? One in 10 working Americans, this is their career. One in three people, this is what they've done at some point in their life, whether it's a first job or an in-between. So we'd raised uh, a couple million bucks, built a, a big team here in San Diego for both a professional network as well as a hiring platform for the service and hospitality industry. And did that for about three and a half years and had a, a bit of a fallout with the, the co-founders and the board. They wanted to take it in a different direction. They pivoted into crypto. And this is early uh, 2017. So right when the markets were on total rocket ship. And uh, I wasn't a part of that journey. So we, we parted ways in June of 17. They failed to launch an ICO. Crypto bubble popped early 2018. They ended up having to pivot back to the, the main business and burn through all the cash. Went from 25 people to a couple. And as, as, as much as that pained me, because that was my life at the time, a uh, very quick turnaround to Trust and Mole because I've been an entrepreneur for you know six years at this point and wanted to get back into it. I was kind of toying around a couple different ideas, but estate planning became one of these to-dos on my uh, list for my wife and I as we got married, along with working with a financial advisor, setting up a joint filing of taxes, fun, fun topics. But I was just blown away at you know 28 years old, why does this process cost three to $5,000? Why can't I do this online? You've seen innovation in fintech, tax, insurance, all these different categories. Why not estate planning? And having that venture-backed background, even though the, the business didn't liquidate or materialize for me personally, I understand that my equity on paper was worth a lot of money. And I didn't really understand why so many entrepreneurs and early employees of big tech companies like don't think about estate planning as such an important function of how to do kind of almost pre-wealth planning before the liquidity, before you go public. And it really concerned me. I was like, why does half the population not even have this? Smart, educated people, successful with kids, homeowners. And then for the half the population that does, they haven't updated their estate plan since their kids were born. And it really pains me knowing how many families end up in probate 
siblings get torn apart after the death of a loved one because they didn't have an estate plan or the estate plan was out of date. They took care of mom or took care of dad on her deathbed, his or her deathbed, and they, they think they're entitled to the house or some sort of some sort of asset. And I was like, there's an education barrier more than anything. So we got to educate people. We got to build a great product at the same quality and scale of a TurboTax and build a brand that resonates with consumers, that educates people, makes this less intimidating and really welcomes them into an experience that's not that pleasant, but could be. And that's what we built the trust the most. I have, I have a lot more that we've done in the three years since then. But it was about a two-month transition between a really bad outcome at my last company to starting Trust Them All, and I couldn't be more proud of where we've been the last three and a half years. And did you and did you raise money for uh, this one? Yeah, we've raised twenty-three million in venture capital to date. We have uh, over two. Put the link there. Trustthemall.com. Yeah, I'll get it out. Yeah, 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 he's, he's yeah Trustthemall.com. Yeah, we've helped two hundred thousand families in the last three years. We got forty people on the team. A lot of us are married with kids of our own, uh, and more than anything, we wanted to give families like our own, the same access to creating a best-in-class estate plan, but at a price point that's affordable. So we've raised a lot of capital. We have 40 plus on the team. We also have a product for financial advisors. We have thousands of financial advisors that are recommending their clients coming to trust them all and having a great experience and giving the advisor visibility into their client's estate plan for the first time. So we've managed to do some, some pretty cool stuff uh, over the years. We've built an incredible culture. We have a five-star customer experience that's an industry best and we've had some uh, milestones, company milestones that we can truly own, which includes the first electronic will, e-wills in U.S. history in several states and an entirely digital execution, signature, notary, witnesses and more. So it's been a fun journey. We work with a lot of incredible companies, but we're only just getting started knowing that there's tens of millions of families that we still have to impact. Got it, got it, got it. I wanted to give you a full screen. So, so. Um, how many people work at the company right now? 40. Okay. Is it most of it spent on business development? Uh, it's a little bit of everything. I mean, we've matured a lot in our process over the last three years. So we have 40 employees, all W2s across sales, marketing, product engineering, design, legal. We've invested a ton in our technology because this is a regulated product in a regulated industry, right? Every single state, all 50 states have different regulatory requirements. So it took us two years to get all of our documents state specific. And then on top of that, we've invested in some history defining milestones like this e-will. We've worked in partnership with other companies to bring that to market, but it's been heavy on marketing uh, spend for us, for sure. Paid acquisition, full full kind of omni-channel marketing approach. And now we're starting to see the payoff over the last year in revenue diversification coming from organic channels, coming from our advisor channel, as well as from channel partners. And we work with some big companies like Fifth Third Bank, uh, Charles Schwab, Fidelity, and a handful more. Got it. And so is that, is that what you, most of your time is spent working on those B2B deals? Yeah. Up until a couple months ago, we finally brought on a head of partnerships, but that's kind of your job, right? When you're signing up as CEO and a founder of a company, you're always selling. You got to sell yourself first and foremost to continue to be excited, get up every day, motivated about the opportunity, the vision, the mission, selling your co-founders and your team on the opportunity, giving people that growth. We've had almost full retention since we started the business, even at 40 plus. And then on top of that, uh, you know, just managing uh, an incredible cap table. We have traditional venture investors. We've got folks like Fifth Third Bank, Northwestern Mutual, even AARP on the cap table, managed to go through the Techstars Accelerator and forever being the ultimate cheerleader to the business. You always have to celebrate your team, your wins, some of the challenges you face, uh, but kind of every hat you could wear uh, at this stage.
So what 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 is um like you said you have a deal with Fifth Third. They're not in or Fidelity. You said you have a deal with Fidelity. Uh, yeah. So we have so Fifth Third Bank out of well, the Midwest. Yeah. Do you want to start there? How about Fidelity? What's yeah, Fidelity. So yeah. So with some of our financial service partners, we're working with them uh, through the advisor capacity. So with a lot of them, they have an internal solution. Uh, Fidelity is called the Discount Alliance Program. That's what their advisors can use to help onboard their clients to a variety of products and services. So we have an integration with Fidelity's Discount Alliance that their advisors can introduce their clients to trust them all. Uh, similar with Charles Schwab as well and, and a couple other institutions. Good, got it, got it, okay. And so is the game that you need to go raise more money or is it now uh, execution of getting more people through the platform? Yeah, it's, it's both. Um, I think the obvious right now, like our kind of guiding pillars for the year, revenue diversification. So it's not just heavy reliance on paid acquisition. We have organic acquisition, channel partner acquisition. It's getting our unit economics in that strike zone that we're getting positive return on ad spend and getting to a positive contribution margin. No guarantees, but the hope is that by next year, we're profitable on our paid acquisition channels and profitable as a company. And that's the difference. I don't know if it's a San Diego thing, but like we as a company and as a team, along with the support of our board, are optimizing for performance and a sustainable business, not chasing that $100 million soft bank round, chasing a unicorn valuation because it makes the headlines in CNBC or the Wall Street Journal. For us, it's about impacting as many families as we can. And to answer your second question on fundraise, we'll probably have to do one more growth round of capital. Um, our Series C, we've raised through a Series B, $23 million to date. And it's really allowing that next growth round of capital to get us not just to profitable uh, profitability, but also to you know ballpark a 50 million run rate at some point in the next couple of years as at least the minimum benchmark to go public. And you know I, I heard you talking about SPACs right before we joined on, but I'm I'm more intrigued by the direct listing model and how the proposed changes to direct listing allow that to function as a fundraising mechanism. And that's what you saw. Uh, Coinbase uh, is probably the biggest direct listing we'll see this year. Next week, I yeah. think the 14th is when they're going to go their direct listing. Yeah, I've, I've seen I've seen. Um more of these direct listings. So I guess you have, so this is your third now venture backed startup, man. Uh, third startup, but second venture backed. And I've learned a lot and it's been, you know, I mentor so many entrepreneurs, whether it's through the Techstars network, through locally here in San Diego, or just coming into my network on LinkedIn or Twitter, but uh, it's still a lot to learn. That's for sure. But you know, at 31, I've, I've gone through more than most have. Right. So what would be one thing you would share that is like something that you would do different regarding the venture investing if you had to do it over again. Yeah. So a piece of advice I always encourage entrepreneurs to think through, if you're, you don't have to raise venture capital, you don't have to raise any outside capital. And there's hundreds of startups that have exited for hundred million or a billion dollars without that outside capital. We've decided to go this path to accelerate that timeline. And the thing that we forget as entrepreneurs, if you're going to give up equity on your cap table, is that we are still giving the investor the opportunity. It's not the other way around. Just because somebody's rich, just because it's a tier one venture fund, it doesn't have to mean that it's the right investor for you or your business. Because you're not just giving up equity, you're giving up board seats potentially if it's a substantial investment. And you're effectively giving up control in the company. So as we've gone down this path with Trust Mole, I think the big thing I want entrepreneurs to really think through is you want to control as much of your destiny as you can. And who you raise from oftentimes matter more than how much you raise from an investor. And that's something that it's taken a long time to learn that. But I, I always try and encourage entrepreneurs, like, who do you want in your cap table? Like, who could you call or text at, you know, midnight that you need help with something? Or you have an actual ask for help on your monthly updates that you're sending out. 
and they'll follow through and deliver. And I found that the investors that aren't, this is not a knock of the tier one venture funds, they're amazing. But investors that are at smaller funds or corporate venture funds that we have on the cap table as well have been so helpful in our journey in making introductions to new hires, new partnerships, and new opportunities that I've, I've been really proud of who we've brought onto the cap table. And that's why I always encourage founders to think of, think of it as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we are venture funded. Um, 2010, we started, but 2016 is when we really started going. I never restructured the cap table and I had the opportunity to three years ago because I just wanted to focus on execution. Yeah. Um, but now we're at a stage where we have some pretty strong eight digit revenues and fairly profitable. And so it's interesting because we're getting like offers and it's interesting to see how much if we take one of these offers, how much one of these original investors could make. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's got to feel great, right? Like that's the ultimate objective. You have shareholders, which ranges from your investors to your employees at the company. And if you've been a private company for a long time, people are fully vested. You want to be able to provide some liquidity. That's where, you know, the secondary markets have really heated up. That's what Carta as a cap table management platform, they actually offer, they have their own secondary offering called Carta X, which is really interesting. But, but more than anything, how do you continue to incentivize and motivate your, your team to be with you 5, 10, 15 years on this journey uh, as much as your earliest investors as well? Well, one, one of the things I did was, and, and for venture-backed startups, I don't advise it, but we put decent bonuses in place. If we hit certain numbers, yeah, like we had people getting some crazy number bonuses last year, like $50,000, $100,000 bonuses, even more. Um, it was, it was great, you know, so I, I'm with you, uh, you know, I'm with you and, and what you're doing solves a problem. I just did a trust and will, I mean, it is so much paperwork. Are you yeah. able to do this through like DocuSign? So we work with on the states that allow for digital execution. We work with Notarize. They've raised a couple hundred million dollars. They're based out of Boston and effectively you do a video call with the notary. You're showing a valid form of government ID. They're doing some really cool identity verification on the back end. You don't even notice this. And then to execute, you do a digital signature. They do the digital notary stamp. That session is recorded as a video and then stored in the cloud along with the document. So that's like the obvious, right? It's like a DocuSign-like experience with video being a function of it. And it's so crazy that it's 2021. We're over a year into a global pandemic. And we still have this antiquated industry that requires in-person offline notary. You have to go to a UPS store or a postal store or your bank. Or if you're comfortable, you have a mobile notary come to your home. It's stupid. Every other industry is caught up to the 21st century. Why is trust and states taking so long when at the end of the day, all we're trying to, at least trust them all, like all we're trying to do is to help the everyday family. And you see these, you know, trust and state attorneys for the ultra high net worth, you know, 10, 25 million, $50 million plus estates. I don't think those clients want to go to an office to sign and notarize their documents. They should be just as much incentivized to do it securely, transparently, and digitally as well. So it'll catch up yep. soon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it's that, yeah, that's the issue. So uh, I just know how many papers we had to fill out. And then the other part is, do you have to hire a bunch of full-time attorneys? So we, that was our first hire at the company when we started three years ago was a 10 year trust and state's attorney. Cause it, it really did. It took a considerable investment. We raised about 2 million in our seed round, 6 million in the series A to get our documents to all 50 States because of the state specificity. And then one of the newer offerings for customers that we have is an attorney support network. So we have about 10 states right now. We'll bring it to a majority of states over the remainder of the year. But customers think like a TurboTax Live. They have a live CPA service. If those customers want to talk to an attorney, we can establish client attorney privilege. They can talk through advanced planning, scenario modeling, the funding of the trust. They get a line by line item review. 
So it's a little more comprehensive, but it's, again, it's peace of mind for some people. They want to talk to the attorney and that's okay. So you can go entirely self-service from trustthemall.com in 15 to 30 minutes if you don't want to talk to anybody. But we offer support seven days per week. We offer that attorney support in a handful of states to accommodate for people with growing complexity or just want peace of mind. Got it. Got it. Yeah, because like the, I think of your business can grow a lot. I mean, obviously you can do pay-per-click acquisition models, but I think a lot of it's going to grow by word of mouth, right? Yeah, a ton of word of mouth. I mean, organic content for us, like education is the number one barrier. And because we've really invested in the educational content, we're pumping out 20 articles per month on our Learn Center. We have a subscribed newsletter. with This blows my mind. Like 100, it started off in the hundreds, now in the thousands of subscribers looking for estate planning content. And that's driving organic customers to purchase. And on top of that, working with so many great financial institutions, big life insurance companies, people will have a great experience with Trust them All and it sticks with them because the, the likelihood of you changing from Trust them All to go to an offline attorney or go to another online provider is pretty low because of switching costs, right? It's either going to be way more expensive or a way less ideal experience. We've just invested so much in the design, the ease of use of our product, our five-star support that that people really like it. And if you're a parent or a new homeowner, you have this kind of like emotional connection to the estate plan because it is a peace of mind builder. It takes that weight off your shoulders so we like the fact that we have people that can refer directly through their uh, their dashboard, provide a discount to their friends and family, and almost creating a social network around the estate plan for the first time, which uh, is is not the it, not, it's just wild to think that that's that's happening and we're getting nice word of mouth traffic. That's great. That's great. I mean, it's a it's a antiquated process to do this, and you're bringing efficiency to it. And if you execute, it's going to be a huge company. I mean, that's it's in your hands right now, right? Yeah, that's the goal. So, you know, like to your point, like, hands down focus for the most part, you know, we raised that 15 million in the fall. So we got full two years runway from that capital and just really nailing and optimizing for that strike zone when it comes to our unit economics, building a great culture and employee experience, really incentivizing and investing in our team because it's ultimately the people. We have 40 plus. If we raise another growth round, that team goes from 40 to say 120, two to three X or something. We want to make sure that everybody at the company today is a future leader. And you got to be intentional about these commitments. That's like the one thing that's carried with me throughout the last three startups. And even going back to college, being involved in student leadership is when you invest in people, you build the time, you make the time to build the relationships, it pays off dividends. And that's that's what we're helping, hoping what will happen to us. Yep, absolutely. All right, man. Well, thank you, Cody, for coming on. It's yeah, solving a big problem in, the, in, in life, to be honest. So very thanks, much appreciated. Yeah, thank yeah. you, Drew. Just have a great day. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Yep. Thank you, man. Bye. All right. So that was Cody Barbo. Barbo. Cody Barbo. I like the last name. Trust and will. Online wills and estate plans. Got to get an online will eventually. Go to Cody Barbo at Trust and Will. Online wills and estate plans. Now, so we have at 2 p.m. another show. It's live trading. We're going to do some live trading with David Green. That'll be starting in about seven minutes. That is, if you don't like minutes and you want to do seconds, we're going to go seven times six. That's 420 seconds. So, um, Drew, want to see a little trick? Oh, I would love to learn from the great Jason Raznick. I've been waiting for this moment my entire life. Okay, so I don't know what's up with your microphone, but it's bad. But can you get a calculator out? I got it. All right, open the calculator. Ask me math questions like, 25 times 25. All right, let's do 32 times. No, 25 times 25. Right, 25 yeah. times 25. 
Okay, 625. Now, if you want, like, go to 55 times 55. 55 Ready to type that in your calculator? Yeah. 3025. That's correct. All right, let's just, like, skip to 85 times 85. That's a harder one, right? Yeah. 7225, right? Okay. 65 times 65, you know what that is? Uh, 4225. Yeah, I will please. teach you these math tricks. If you stick with me, Drew, I will teach you these math tricks where you can get these. That wasn't by memory. I promise you. There's a method to what I just did, but I have to teach it to you. Okay. And it's, it's, it's fun. Like 75 times 75 is 5625. I guarantee it. Okay. And I can just, it's, there's a trick to it all. And we'll do that in our next show of math with Jason Rasnick at 155s. That's our next show. Now we didn't get into enough stock picks. That's the only thing that I, I, I have to say I regret. Now, can I also have you do one more thing? Of course. If you bought $10,000 worth of, of um, Voyager at 60 cents. So do 10,000 divided by 60 cents. Yep. How many shares is that? That's 16,666 shares. Now times that by Voyager's price today. If you didn't sell any, $29. That's almost half a million dollars. It's coming at 483,000. Well, that's when we had, That's when we had the CEO on and um, and I know a lot of you guys got in. I know some of you guys didn't. Um, but it's kind of crazy. We're at a high today. Um, oh my god. Oh my god. Internet enforcers. I produced the human Scott is the, is that internet enforcers? Holy cow. Is that that math trick? Is that from that infomercial? That is, I think that is that, that trick I just did to you, Drew, it's from an infomercial when I was like 12 years old. So I, and, and I tell the story all the time. So I bought the tapes and the, the, the thing sucked. The only thing that I got from it was the math thing that they showed in the infomercial at two in the morning. Okay, and I tell the story and now Internet Enforcers uninitiated just wrote that thing there. I literally just told this story about this math trick and he just wrote that. I don't I don't think it was him. I think it was another guy, the human um, Kevin Trudeau, but I could be wrong. It may have been this guy. That's what it probably was. So I do want to show a couple quick trades um, from this more like ASO. Up 95%. So let's, I can't wait to see what Internet Enforcers uh, say. Um, oh, we made you some serious money. Good. Internet Enforcers wrote that book. Dude, I tell this story about that math trick all the time, Internet Enforcers. We have to talk now. That is the smallest world ever. I'm like so shocked. I'm so shocked about this story. Okay, wow. I want to share my screen real quick. I got three minutes. I'm going to share my E-Trade account. If you're an E-Trade user or not, send an email to E-Trade that you would like Benzinga News on it. If you send that email to them, send me a screenshot of powerhour at benzinga.com with your name and town and your address and your you know shirt size, and we'll send you t-shirts or track jackets. Just give us that info, but send an email or thing. Say, we want Benzinga news because it's the best on E-Trade. Send that to powerhour at benzinga.com, and we'll send you gear. Really nice swag. Very nice swag. We, have, we just got it in stock, and I'm going to share my screen, Drew, real quick. I know it's too small, so hold on. Um, this is my fun E-Trade account, but all right, here we go. Um, okay. So we got to go to cost share. Where does it say? It just shows percent. Okay. ASO. This is this, uh, sports retailer. Um, 
Yeah, he did the memory show. Oh my God, this is so funny. This is so funny. He did the sphere. What a small world. I got it. I can't wait to talk to him. Okay, so ASO is, is taken off today on some of these options. API, you guys still see I own it. But now we're going to go to percentage of portfolio. So we're going to change this. They don't have Benzinga News on here. So if you send an E-Trade that you want Benzinga News, send us a screenshot. We'll send you swag. So Make Tesla, I've been, I've been reducing my position in Tesla. Amazon, you guys see. BTN, I own a lot still. It's, it's a conglomerate of a bunch of companies. Um, and I've owned it for some time. I'm not trained on it anymore because I, you know, I don't have any inside info, but I know management there and I don't like trade on stuff when I already know stuff, uh, like when I know management or something. So I'm not trading this one. The only thing I would do is on BTN, if it maybe got up 30%, I would maybe take some shares off. That's the only thing I would do on that. TAST hanging there. Um, Upwork, you guys know the drill. Leslie Pool Supplies is up 10%. I think this will be up 25% in two months. That's what I will put more position, uh, a bigger position in. Voyager, I own a lot more than what you see here. I have another account. Voyager is my biggest position as of now because um, I bought it at 60 cents or 30 cents actually. And it's at $30. So it's my biggest position by far. Wow. Um, and that's it. But I know we have another um, young investors here. Hey, um, young investor, I got a surprise for you. I got a domain for you. Younginvestor.net, I think I have. I, I got to double check, but I think I do. Um, and save is up 51%. It's another one I like. And I trim, I, you know, I love save and I love STKS. We're up 40%. Remember, I when I give stock picks, guys, I have to get off in one minute. I give you my probabilities. Like, um, it, you know, I do my probabilities. Like my STKS, my SAVE were high probability, high conviction trades. And then I tell you guys to go in. And my Upwork was one of those two. And GAN was for a while, but then I sold a lot of it. And HOFV up 28%. So that's the story. Um, we do have a good show coming up, um, and or maybe it already started another channel because I see him talking. But no, all right. So I need to transfer to, uh, over uh, over Drew. So again, E Trade guys, if you if you um, you know um, if you're you know listening to the show, send a note to E Trade. Send us a screenshot at powerhourbenzinga.com. If you're a developer and you want to change how financial information is delivered, news and stuff, you want to you know make the game easier for investors. Shoot me an email at powerhour at benzinga.com. We love you. We appreciate you. And then we have uh, another guest, another show coming on. So I'm going to hit the button and here we go.